0: He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you,
1: and rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing, your beautiful iRacing news results and just general chit-chat podcast based in Australia, about the Australian community and about all kinds of things other than that. Welcome to 2022, people. It's a new intro because I just thought I'd be different now. We are in Season 1. It is Week 3 already, so we have missed a couple of weeks, but we're back. I am Peter Wilco-Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight by two of the regular hosts, Braden Martin and Alex McKellar. How are you going, Braden?
2: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Good to be back. Feels like it's actually been a while. It was um, nice to have a little break, but nice to see your friendly faces again.
1: Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, so it, it is good to be back and, and then having chats and stuff like that, so... Uh, it's been it's been good to be back racing actually. I'm well, not racing for myself, but actually in the rig, uh, I had about two weeks off in the rig and travelled around New South Wales. But uh, you just sat in the rig for 24 hours straight for three weeks straight, didn't you?
2: No, not really. Um, probably haven't done as much driving and stuff as I probably would have liked uh, over the little little break. But I've done a fair bit, but okay. could have done more. Okay.
1: I can't wait to hear about all your Skippy adventures that you've been having. It's going to be great to listen to. But right now, I need to talk to Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate?
3: I am very good, mate. Enjoyed the break, uh, enjoying the prospect of kicking back into this again. Actually, very refreshed. Did some racing and uh, enjoyed nearly all of it. So good to good to get back into it.
1: That is, it is definitely a good to be back. Like I said, and. You've even done some broadcasting between now and then as well. It's all happening. Everyone's back doing stuff. It's good to see. Um, we have a bucket load of news for you all tonight and some news that we're actually quite excited to talk about, a bit upset to talk about, all kinds of different things uh, to, to to bring up. But let's get straight into uh, what we've actually been up to. So let's start with Braden. What, what skippy adventures have you been having, mate? No Skippy Adventures at all, uh Wilco. I haven't haven't
2: been in the Skippy since before Christmas sometime. Um to be honest. So it's been been a little bit different. Been trying some different things out and driving some different cars and hold on. Re- Did
1: i racing give uh i rating per car now? Is that what's going on? Is, <laughs>
2: well...
1: <laughs> no, I really wish they would, because that's probably I would have probably done a
2: lot more racing <laughs> over this little period of time if they had um, because I am enjoying driving so many different things but uh, I've done a few officials in some different cars but yeah I've been driving, driving a few different things mainly um, the TCR obviously um, we'll talk a little bit about the Aussie car um, TCR from last night I'm sure later on but um, also did some gentlemen sim racing club TCR racing just to sort of get my head around the car itself and and learn a little bit more about how to race them and I guess learn to get my elbows out a little bit more because you can, and everyone seems to. So um, did, you, did they teach of,
1: you how to make them pirouette as well on the uh, grass? No. Yeah. No. Well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we'll unfortunately, later. unfortunately not. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was interesting. It was a bit eye opening. The first they did a little short summer series. Um, so myself and Tim Harris and Tim Court jumped into that and. The first week was at Brands Hatch, and there was sixty-one cars, and it wasn't Brands Hatch GP; it was Brands Hatch Indy. So, basically, the field was spread from the start line to the start line off the off the straight. And I actually, qualified really well. I qualified like fifth or something, and got spun in between turn two and three. Um, we ended up like fifty something, so second race, uh, and. Drove from the back. The whole track was literally blocked off the start. Like there was like thirty five cars in a wreck. It um, managed to get up to like seventeenth and then got taken out again. It was a it was a mess, but it was fun uh, for something different. Um, and for me, it was just all about trying to learn how to drive these cars in race scenarios. You know, you can put as as many hot laps down as you want, um, but when it comes to actually racing, it's very different. So if I wanted to have a crack at the Aussie car. TCR which I, I decided I did want to want to have a run in I figured that it was best to get some actual racing experience in so uh we did three races there um all of them were pretty interesting um the next week we went to Donington which actually did really really well there was meant to be three races but someone accidentally uh skipped the consolation race uh, so we ended up doing two but ended up uh getting two p3s out of like 50 cars um in that so I was pretty happy about that. I had a really good battle with Tim Harris in both races. The first race uh I got him um and he ended up fourth and the second race uh he got me he ended up second and I came third. So it was um really fun racing with him. And then the last race last week we went to hmm, I can't remember. We went somewhere, some other English track. <laughs> um and uh Damn. it was it was good fun again. So uh that was really good i did oh it was uh alton park uh the island course so that was that was pretty interesting as well that didn't go so well qualified pretty well um had a have a had a couple of crashes but it was it was good fun so yeah it was all about trying to learn the racecraft and learn learn sort of about the cars and one thing i did learn is man they're hard to pass in (laughs) they're they're really really hard and the, the fields are so tight and i guess that's what touring car racing is all about right but it's um, it's a definitely a whole different kettle of fish to to the Skiffies, as I'm sure Alex could probably attest to. Um, as well, I think we're both having some learning curves, which is which has been fun though. Um, other things I've done, I've been putting down some V8 laps to try and help you out, Wilco. Um, yeah. Which has gone pretty well. It's probably actually a little bit better than I thought, to be honest. <laughs> um, so that's been pretty cool. And I've actually really enjoyed driving the car. I, I, don't, I did avoid it like the plague for um, quite a long time. You know, every now and then when someone's come around and they want to have a go on the rig and they're like, oh, I want to drive the V8 at Bathurst. It's like, okay, here you go. And that's, <laughs> yeah, about, <blah. laughs> the, that's about the extent of the Bathurst, uh, the V8 driving I've done. But we did some practice for a series that UN uh, Buzzer are uh, going into. So we did some laps around the Hockenheim ring, which was a challenge, uh, the Chicago street circuit, which was a bigger challenge (laughs) and, (laughs) um, mid Ohio, which was pretty tough as well. Uh, so three tracks that are pretty, pretty difficult. Um, and the car is pretty difficult as well. So it was certainly a big learning curve, um, driving that, but I actually really enjoyed it. I would like to Race them in some capacity at some point. To be honest, I don't know where or when, but Scops. at some point,
1: Scops on a Sunday night is a good place <laughs> to start learning that. Yeah, race.
2: yeah. Uh, we'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing I really enjoyed driving is the LMP two, um, the the prototype car. So I did a few races uh, in officials in that. A couple at Laguna Seca, or two or three at Laguna Seca. Got my A class license back, which was very very happy about. Um, and did one at Watkins Glen, um, and then also did an IMSA endurance race with, um, uh, Vernie at Watkins Glen as well. So yeah, been busy, lots of different cars to try out, lots of different races to have, but it's been really good, um, spreading my wings across a few different cars and, and figuring out that I can actually drive some other things semi decent. It's not I'm not just a complete one trick pony, I suppose, as I maybe thought I was.
1: <laughs> no, you've done really well and it's it's obviously um, it's demoralizing watching you go, I don't drive V eight and then hop in and sit like one second off the fastest or not even that and, and be three seconds ahead of me. But thank you for your help. Um <laughs> And uh, have you got a spot for the Daytona twenty four or not? You haven't found anyone who's doing it, uh,
2: not at the moment. I uh, haven't really actively sought anyone out yet, but yeah, we'll play it by ear. I'd like to. I am considering having a crack at the Raw before the twenty four this weekend, um, maybe in the TCR, um, but I just don't know how I'll go driving for two two hours forty minutes solo. I yeah. don't. I generally don't know if I could get through that, so we'll see how yeah. we go. It'll, I've got a couple of days to. To ponder over that decision
1: <laughs> definitely have now uh that's obviously the first little bit of news we'll, we'll, we'll knock off the ring is yeah we were going to do 24 hour we couldn't get enough drivers together so if you are listening and you're braden driving he's putting a lot of hours uh and he's keen to go so hit him up uh get him racing for 24 hours i want to see it happen um but we are we'll talk about a little bit later on we're obviously we obviously we've got the Bathurst 12 hour um firmly in our sights still so don't stress there, we'll get some Enduros happening early on in the season. But I've got one Alex McKellar here biting it ch- a bit to uh, tell us what he's been up to now that SNL's back and TCR's, he's driving things with roofs and all kinds of weird stuff. Right? And videos, videos as well. What's been happening?
3: Mate, I just I just kept adding to that list as you were talking there I know, of, of stuff, and I've just gone. Oh, that's right. I've been doing a bunch of stuff. No, I, I, I did uh, I did some officials. Obviously, I, I stuck to my word and did some F threes, which I really enjoy driving. But I, again, there's there's levels there, and you know, and and I have described myself as a one trick pony in the skips, and it was evident last night in the in the tin tops. But even transitioning to another uh open wheeler there are guys in there that just do that all the time and and um you know that's that's again that whole i rating per car thing keeps coming up i'd much likely much more likely to hop in there with a i don't know a two or a three k i rating than come in there with 5500 worth of skip (laughs) skip i rating and then go up against a a a two or a three k guy and get my butt kicked so um it's a little bit demoralizing, but um, I think I did three races at a couple of different tracks and only one of them did I come out with a positive i rating um and they weren't terrible results. I ended up with a podium and and whatever it just it just sort of takes it deflates the sort of interest yeah. a little bit, having said that, I was committed to doing a full season, and then um a j took me into the tin tops for uh, Aussie Car on a Monday night Jeez, it so I bloke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't I wasn't calling him that after race one, but... let me tell you <laughs> anyway um. Uh, so I sort of shelve the F threes and, and I'll be I'll focus on uh, the tin tops for all, for the the TCRs for a while on a Monday and, and then the skips because I'll be doing a couple of tracks a week in the skips right with the officials yep. and then Aussie cars. So um, I did put I have been putting I put a couple of videos up of races. I put one up today um, of the practice racing I did with uh, the Japanese community. They have a, a thing we've talked about it before on a Monday night. Uh, last night I had a, a cracking night out with Naoya Nagai, Nagai's son who who of course won the first round of SNL that we'll talk about later. Uh and he's really one of the top guns going around. And to be able to measure yourself against someone like that uh is is a fantastic opportunity. And it was such a great race. It was everything you want in a practice race, trying different lines. Um, attacking, defending, all that sort of stuff. And the cut and thrust with someone of that caliber was not only really enjoyable, but made for a good video. So I thought I'd put it up. And then I did another race this afternoon that I'm going to put up as well, uh, that I took what I learned last night and applied it against uh, another guy uh, who we don't see too often in our time zone. His name's Leo uh, and it's Ovturov which uh, i think it's it's eastern european in origin somewhere but he's actually he's got a u.s accent he lives in the u.s he is honestly just on another planet when it comes to speed in the skips uh dennis Johansson, a lot of you guys will know him uh he you can see him put his game face on when they arrive in a race together and he struggles to keep up with him uh like struggles to keep up with him if he says if he's not on his game and he makes a mistake leo's gone so to have a chance to race with him and it was a Perler of a race um i'll be putting that one up too but one thing i learned in all this youtubing stuff and i shared it with you guys is that youtube has multiple ways to encode videos so i was recording really high bitrate because i was recording locally uploading in 1080p and it looked like garbage once youtube had finished with absolute garbage and i'm not talking twitch export into youtube and transcoding and all that sort of stuff it just looked rubbish I did some research and apparently they use two different encoders uh, at YouTube once your video gets there. If you record and upload in 1080p, you get the rubbish one. If you're a big-name YouTube channel or you upload your videos in native 4K resolution, you get the good encoder, right? And it makes such a difference. The one I uploaded today was the first one I've done using that codec and, it, it, you know, it doesn't look amazing like you're there at the track or whatever but it is so much better so tip for young players out there is uh, do what I do I just set OBS to record in 4k on a 4k canvas but I just extended my 1080p iRacing feed out to to match the canvas and it's made such a difference so that's That's a bit of a public service announcement. Um, Sorry, YouTube, you're about to get a lot more content that (laughs) takes up a lot more space. takes hours to encode once it hits YouTube versus 1080p. But it's it's worth it. Um, Then, of course, Tin Top Cup uh, on Monday night, and we'll talk about that a bit later, I'm sure. But um, that was a bit of a highs and lows for me. Uh, After race one, I can tell you. I was sitting there going and I was just literally saying to myself, what am I doing here? Like, like seriously, I I was ready to just pull the pin and walk away and, and never to be seen again. But, you know, race two was a different story and I, I got some level of enjoyment out of learning and, and progressing and actually walked away at the end of the race thinking, oh, okay, there's a couple of things that I can improve on there. And, you know, sometimes you just got to – Swallow your ego and, and realize that you know you've I've got no chance of winning going into this thing, but what can I do in the race? Um and uh you know i I used to just race the skips where you've got a chance at least of maybe cracking it for a win. Um and it's 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 humbling and, and eye-opening to uh walk a mile in, in the other type of shoes as well. So uh that was good. Um, the other thing I've been doing over the break is I've teamed up with Christian Perez and a mob called Infinite Racing Services who are kind of like the, I think I might have mentioned them before, the the Spanish speaking equivalent, they're trying to be a VRS. And i would watched some of Christian's lap guides before that he does in Spanish. And I was doing my own, as you know, um, but I always felt a bit like a fraud with, um, Uh, with using my laps because they're not necessarily brilliant. They're okay. But uh, And then to get a hold of Christian's laps and then do my commentary, we sort of combine forces on that. And it's been really great for me personally in terms of getting access and doing the analysis of a really top-flight elite skippy driver's laps. And then hopefully it gives something to the community as well to be able to, you know, not have it in Spanish necessarily. It opens up a lot of doors that it wouldn't have necessarily opened up, which is great. Um and then SNL started off again season 26 at Bell O last night it was a great race and really enjoying being back in it mate but I've probably talked long enough now
1: I don't know. No, you got plenty more time to talk about. We'll talk about SNL a bit later, though. Obviously, mm. um, good to be back though. Broadcasting, getting it all out there.
3: Yeah, it was great until Corey overslept and didn't join me in the commentary box, <laughs> so I flew solo last night. Which was, I've done it a couple of times before, but it's not my preferred approach. I felt like I needed about another three heads and six hands to to cover everything. But just trying to do it just as solo is is tough. There's a guy out there who does it. I think he's race star. TV,
1: Um,
3: he he does all sorts of coverage of every week, he does, I don't know, nearly every day and he does a really good job solo, uh, if I'm honest, and I reached out to him, had a chat to him and just sort of shared my thoughts on how well he does on his own, but it's a tough gig, honestly, Um, but uh, yeah, look, really enjoyed it, Um, what was surprising me uh, was over the Christmas break. Uh, The strength of field on the Sunday night's lights time slot, even though we weren't broadcasting, was immense. It got up in the 4900s. It was just crazy. Uh, Last night it softened a bit, but we had a full 20-car field, which always brings the number down a bit. So it was, you know, 4400 somewhere in the mix there. Uh, But hopefully, uh, you know will build on and have another great season. Christian Perez has said he wants to win it this season, so we expect to see oh, wow. him a bit more. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing the battle between him, Ofray, and, and um, Nagai and, yeah. and how that shapes up. So, yeah, looking forward. It's an exciting prospect of the season ahead.
1: Definitely is. Uh, so I guess we touched on a little bit of what I did before. I did a lot of driving, but in the real car between here and New South Wales, uh-huh, got back. And uh, like I said, we, I, I talked about last season giving skips a bit of a, a, a break for the for the foreseeable future with the um, ANSCAR series, which we'll talk about a little bit later, being a Thursday night, so focusing on that, but also wanting to focus on the V8s. And I did want to do TCR as well, but that sort of uh, grew very quickly into a very serious race that I don't really... I wasn't looking at that to be a serious race. It was always going to be a... I'll jump in and have a bit of fun this week, and um, yeah, not, not not practice and that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it was seventy or eighty cars in the field with full week of pre qualifying, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have that time in my life to to stress about that. Uh, so I've spent the whole week practicing V8s as we talked about before, and we started Hockenheim Ring, and I had no idea how to how to get around that thing, and I don't think I strung more than two. Two laps in a row together without spinning, but Braden sat was, there and talked me through it. And
2: I was getting frustrated, going, "Oh, your VRS data is not uploading. I don't understand what's yeah. going on. We're trying to look at data, and then we realized afterwards that it was just that like, you weren't getting enough full laps in. Yeah, <laughs> but we, we started to get there towards the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we got there in the end, and I, I I put down a lap time that wasn't too bad. Like it wasn't traveling the top few, but it was definitely um. It, it was respectable. It was within a group of people anyway. It wasn't wasn't off the, off the pace or anything like that. But um, enjoyed doing that. Enjoyed learning uh, braking in the V8, which is a key part of it. And obviously in the Skippy where it's either you're on the brake or on the accelerator, sometimes both at the same time and it doesn't really matter what, what level. Uh, the V8 is very much about if you put more throttle down at, at any time when the, when the steering wheel's at any version other than straight, you um are potentially ending your race. So, um, and and braking very similar, but but more braking. I think something I found, I think I've worked it out in Chicago. So the second day of pre-quality was you really need to hit those corners fast and then carry the momentum through and, um and then, yeah, basically leave the accelerator to really late. But see, I was braking hard and then coasting through the corner too slowly, and then thinking I'm slow, and then putting the foot down the, at mid-corner to try and get myself up. And as Braden was telling me, I was going under, I was understeering off the track, um, and also then spinning the car around a lot. So once I I, hit, I was felt comfortable enough to hit the corners, probably about 30, 40 Ks an hour quicker than what I was before. Uh, trusting that with the brakes on the car had the weight on the front and would get around the corner uh, and then just letting it straighten up or or as Braden was showing me, uh, opening the wheel up a little bit and putting the foot down and drifting across uh, the the, the track to the wall. uh, It seemed to go pretty well. In Chicago, I was pretty happy with the times I was putting there, but I couldn't get more than two laps together. Which so don't worry neither, neither could I <laughs> neither <laughs> no. could I, when I
2: was doing it either but um yeah. just to touch on it before you go any further I guess one thing that I another thing that I did do over the break was I had a couple of lessons in the LMP two yes um and uh, one of the key learnings I took out of that especially from looking at the data is not just looking at my in, my throttle and brake inputs as what I'm looking for in the data but was looking at the steering trace and and really noticing how how much less steering trace the really, really fast guys actually use. It's almost like, you know, there were times when uh, with Daniel that I was doing the coaching and there was a couple of times where, you know, like my steering input was like 110 degrees and his was like 45 and we're going around the same corner. (laughs) It, It was like, it was really interesting to see how by getting the braking right and the turn in right and applying the throttle at the right spot, that you can actually use the pedals to turn the car a lot more than you need to use the wheel to turn the car which then obviously in turn gives you more speed but also reduces tyre wear and things like that because you're not scrubbing um, the tyres across the surface of the track so that was something that I think I noticed when I started looking at your data when we were doing a few laps in the V8 was like oh I actually am starting to do that now because I can see that you're using a lot more steering input than I was so for me, it was a really good reflection of, hey, I've actually learned some things <laughs> and I'm able to start inputting them into other, other cars as well. Um, so I found that really interesting when we were doing some of those laps yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, and I think once I got to mid-Ohio, I was a bit more conscious on it and I think I did a lot more Put a lot more effort into not turning as much and using that brake to get myself around. I think Mid Ohio. The, the good thing with Mid Ohio was I, I like Chicago and Hockenheim. Like we did some laps at Hockenheim, but I'm never really hugely confident there. We had we had, I had a couple of good races there, but um was not over the moon confident with it. But when we were to Mid Ohio, that was a place where I had that skippy on a string. I felt towards the end um, was was racing that fairly. Um, fairly consistently there in the skippy. So I, I knew the idea of how to get around the track. I, and then also with Chicago, I'd worked out how to treat the car, the, that the way to get it around the track, um, and, and pretty quickly got, got down to a pace that optimally I was in, in with a show of, of being around the same people again. I just couldn't string the lap together consistently. Um, But that's a case of me trying to um, push too hard around every single corner. Especially when I make one mistake, I try and make it up on the next three corners, and that puts me further behind. Um, But especially that complex around the back, the back straight, uh, the right hander, and then the left, and then the the rights, and and, and was very technical, you know, higher with the throttle as well. Um, But using that and knowing that, and being able to hit that at speed, and and using the brakes around those corners was was very beneficial. you could tell when you got a corner right in a V8. That's the big difference, I think. When, when you nail a corner, it's a great feeling, um, but you know when you're, you're way off the pace. If you stuff it up, you can lose. Like I was stuffing up the exit onto that back straight and I was losing half a second to a second quite easily um, just right there. There's one so, thing I noticed a lot from
2: driving a few different cars over this break and I don't know if it's partly because when I drive the Skippy now, maybe it doesn't take me as long to get up to a pretty decent pace um, as it obviously was in a few of these cars that I've been trying, but it was really interesting to see like so many times where you think, well, like I feel like I've done that pretty well. And then you hit one corner a little bit better and all of a sudden you've better gel out by seven tenths from one corner and you're like wow there must be still so much time in this (laughs) for me to find just by getting you know one corner right here or there I'm almost gaining like a second where in the skippy I don't really ever feel like there's many tracks where I get that anymore or there's many times I get that that that's like gratifying feeling of oh wow I actually made a really big improvement there
1: yeah, he's five hundredths of a second. I'm, I'm on fire. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, don't
3: forget we got Knock Hill coming up and you'll be feeling that there because it's it's yeah. an interesting interesting in this experience in the skip. I've done a couple of laps there and it's a fun challenge.
2: Well, I'll break it to you here. I'm still not 100% convinced they will turn up on Thursdays this season. Oh, so yeah. I've, right, I've, I, haven't, I haven't bought Knock Hill and I haven't been in the skiffy for, for three and a half weeks. So, I don't know. I've been tossing and turning on whether I give something else to go this season. Um, I don't know. It's been 12 seasons. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm almost feeling a bit of skippy burnout. I'm not going to do any officials, I don't think, this season. That's that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've got a couple of days to decide, I suppose, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I probably need to buy the track and make a decision, otherwise I'm going to be completely rubbish if I do turn up. <laughs>
1: oh, you'll be completely rubbish anyway. Don't worry about it. Um, but, yeah, look, that's it. Other than that, I... have I... Enjoyed taking some photos again, to be honest. Like, And not not the photos that I was doing where I was putting them through Photoshop and all that kind of stuff and blurring and all that kind of stuff. It was just getting the car in the right spot with a good background and centering it and, and taking a good action shot again. Um, so I did a bit of that because obviously I've had a little bit of spare time and, and want to promote obviously the, the team a bit more.
2: And show uh, off um, Tim's fire liveries at the moment. Yeah,
1: well, when you've got cars looking this good, you need to show them off. So, But we did uh, start with... I did a couple laps around Daytona as a practice after the Thursday night that we, um, we did some Chicago practice and um, got some good shots there. Obviously, next gen we'll talk about uh, later on when we have a bit of a chat with Ed Foster, but um, looking forward to actually racing them fairly soon. Uh, 9th of February, that all starts back up, but um am waiting for an update. So it's actually uh, the the current, the actual, what the version is. So the car's going to change a, a significant amount over the next couple of weeks before we start racing. So there's no point practicing too much now, but it's Daytona. It's foot down. It is literally about just being in the right spot at the right time there. So, but yeah, did, did some cool photos, took some good shots, um, which was good fun, especially with the V8s. Now we've got liveries for the Commodore and the Ford, um, yeah, it, it, that's been sort of a, another little bit of fun. And just watching the team, the team's going to look very different this year. Same drivers, um, but as far as Locked On Racing goes, we're going to be spread very differently. We're Obviously, we'll skip you focused all last year with, with a bit here and a bit there, but we're definitely now got, I'm watching Matthew Mites here drive right now in the East Coast V8 series. Uh, with the Banner Alliance, so he's doing that. Uh you got me and Buzzer doing V8s. So we've got TCR, had seven cars in the field last night and currently got Locked On Black Sheep Race- Racing, currently leading the team's championship. Uh There's a two.
2: The second now.
1: There, oh, was, the the second. A team, there was a
2: team missing off the list.
1: <laughs> okay, the second now, sorry. So, look, and look, Jeremy Bush getting a podium, that was extremely fun yeah. to watch and just be able awesome. to sit back and watch. Like I had the family, the whole family sitting there watching TCRs last night in the lounge room and it was a, <laughs> a very different experience and the the, the kids were cheering on Jeremy and yeah, you know, it was just good fun and just seeing the team grow in that direction. We've got a bit of a, uh ANSCAR approach this year. We've got some Radicals racing around. Um We will obviously still have the skips. There's still, there's still a few skippy drivers there Uh but we are covering a, a whole heap of different um fields this year so looking forward to be able to see some locked on racing almost every night of the week i think by, by sort of february march which will be pretty good there's porsche cups flying around um or porsche the nine nine twos i think um maybe the cup cars i'm not sure i, I don't 100% know because they we're still waiting on on that stuff to be finalized but yeah it's good to see but that's enough talking i think unless Braden wants to say something at me
2: well, I was just going to say, do we want to talk about the TCRs from last night then? I know you weren't involved, but Alec. Yeah, Alex look, I, you, I
1: watched it, so it was it was fun to watch. It was terrible as a team. Owner slash manager watching every single locked on car get taken out in the first lap or two, and and cars skidding across grass taking out one car, and it just happened to be one of our cars each time. So
2: I think that's a um, Philip Island thing because I I did that to Tim <laughs> last yeah, last, last time we had the Tim Top Cup because um I and when I saw and... you
1: two together again I'm like just don't just don't well,
2: yeah, well we'll talk about that because he tried to kill us both <laughs> not 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 on purpose but he tried to. Get- it was both. Um, yeah, so I guess just quickly on the liveries thing, um, I thought the cars looked awesome. But can I also say, Alex, the top split cars look mega as well. That, i, I not. I know I can't. It's not a nice thing for a locked on driver to be complimenting a green car. But whoever yeah, painted do those it. up, I don't know if it was you or AJ or someone else. Uh, they look. They look awesome. So on the, the other 31 hand, but mark, I, I will have that out. I will have a shot at one green driver. Ben Snell's
3: looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so these AJ AJ does our liveries. AJ. The 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 base paint sort of effect uh, was something that I've carried for a while, but AJ's taken it uh, with it, and it was great. I got called out in the broadcast, and, yeah. and full pump to AJ. He's he's always quick to do us a livery, and um you know they always look really good. So and I think uh, Russell's the 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 paint master at Milo. <laughs> and um, I, I'm not sure that he actually owns the TCRs. So <laughs> yeah, and it might have shown through a little bit. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> It was, I did have to have a laugh. Um, I was just joking around, Ben. I was watching your stream and someone mentioned, oh, have you got a livery for the TCR? And someone said, yeah, and it's awful. <laughs> I, can't re- <laughs> I can't remember who called it out, but uh, just, uh, yeah. It was it a was... laugh.
1: And look, I, I watch car race and it was extremely weird not seeing ben snell at the front like i he was i think he was 31st or 30th most of the times i was checking it out and i don't even think i saw him on the broadcast to be honest it is a weird feeling seeing a very different range of people in aussie car and it's obviously a great thing and um especially with the pro and the pro am versions of it that's um it it was really good to watch and see obviously so many different names that you've sort of heard on the periphery of other things but yeah it was just good to good to watch but what was your experience Michaela driving with a roof in you know, in a full-blooded series
3: well it was interesting i mean i i did the practice sessions and and Someone in there, I can't remember who it was, said, "I oh, stop sandbagging, killer And I said, know, mate, yeah. I <laughs> said, well, if you take the sandbags out of the boot, I will, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just that bad in them. And, um. So, look, and I, I said to Ira during the week, he sent me a message in the server. He said, oh, don't worry, you'll be in the top split, don't stress. And I said, no, no, just put me where, where my time puts me, mate. That's all, he, all you got to worry about. But he, no, he, they made the decision for different reasons. A few people I think they put up and a few people they put down based on experience and all the rest of it, and that's fine. So, honestly, uh, I was expecting to run around at the back and I set myself a goal of, if I could, um finish honestly inside the top thirty, I would have been okay with the night. And then race one was sort of going to that plan pretty much. Uh until lap two or three, I just um just lost the rear through turn one. And it was weird. I'd I'd done quite a number of laps just to try and familiarise myself and all the rest of it, and I was not expecting to lose the rear through there. Um it's a different kind of animal with cold brakes and cold tires. The oversteer is quite real under braking, so can confirm uh, that. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, so (laughs) anyway, and unfortunately, um, that corner requires a lot of commitment. So, uh, with me sideways sliding through the exit and the essentially the racing line on, on track out through turn one, I got collected by a few folk. Thankfully, I was the only one that was dismembered in my vehicle. Uh, everyone else was able to drive on, I think, but that was it. I was a lap and a half or two and a half laps in, and, and I, I was literally in the pits with, I don't know, 10 minutes worth of repairs just saying to myself, thinking to myself, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, because, you know, full pump, and we've said it a few times um Amongst ourselves and I uh, certainly in the in the with the Milo and guys as well that full pump to the guys who turn up each week, like I said, without necessarily aspirations of winning the race but just of doing their best and seeing where they can get and achieving what they can achieve because it's tough um, and I was really questioning myself at the end of it but then and then starting last for race two uh and just really having quite low expectations, but those expectations were um Remarkably exceeded. Uh, I was in from starting forty-first on the grid. Uh, by the end of lap one, I was twenty-six. By the end of lap two, I was eighteenth. Um, just by the, you know, the mishaps and everything. I just, I don't know. I think I had about, I think I had about three seasons worth of good luck in two laps. Honestly, <laughs> um, just watch out anyway. on
2: Thursday then. <laughs> no, I know, right? I think
3: I've used it all, um, but. Uh, from there, I just just committed to if there's a faster guy coming, mate, I'll leave the door open. If you've got it, you've got it, and just plotted around and and did my laps and and stayed sort of eight tenths, not nine or ten tenths in terms of my driving. And I ended up, uh, I think, getting as climbing as high after pit stop, settled down as thirteenth, and then I got passed by one of the quick guys, and I finished fourteenth, which was honestly just insane. Insane, honestly, just insane. In fact, the only guy that got more positions, uh, Mesmo, I think, what's is that his uh, name? Mesomo, so- so- yeah, yeah, he he got a couple more positions, but I, I was incredulous, honestly. So, uh, I think I've peaked in week one just quietly <laughs> after that. So, <laughs> I was, but it was interesting.
2: I was gonna say, in a sense, it does, um, give some kind of justification to the why Ira probably put you in the top split. Yeah. I know it's happened this this one time and who knows, maybe the rest of the season goes to goes to yeah. to, to yeah. water. But, you know, in a sense, I think the fact that you've got that maybe not after race one, but you did in the end have a <laughs> calm mind to you know, to do that, to drive at your nine tenths, yeah. you know, not make any silly decisions. And in a big field like this, that's part of the, the skill of driving and you can make up a lot of ground. Not by being the fastest out there, but by being the smartest out there, I suppose. And I, I guess, like you said, it, it, it may be not that you're necessarily fighting for wins at this point in time. Um, but I don't know. There's something about the racing that I've been doing lately and the not always being in the front pack. And and when you do get those big gains in a race, it's actually almost just as fun as getting the win. Yeah, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's why I've sort of steered clear of the Skippy officials and stuff late, lately. Is you know, you rock up and you're either car number one and you blitz the field, or you have the two guys who are way too fast for you, and yet you come a, a respectable third. And you know, I don't know, I just don't feel like I actually get much enjoyment out of that anymore, uh, like maybe I used to. Um, and the starting a little bit back, and hey, if I get in the top five or I get in the top 10, that's really, really something. Is I don't know, it's doing something for me at the moment, so it's yeah. a different feeling.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the skips, I always think there's races within races. Um, and thankfully, I'm usually in the in the, the front end of those, those two or three races within. Certainly starting, if there were, there was probably six races going on in that 40 plus car field last yeah. night. Yeah. And to go from, you know, the sixth race probably to the second or third was quite satisfying. I learned a lot. In terms of the handling of the car through a stint as well, which was very helpful, and I'll take that on. I hold—I certainly hold no aspirations uh, or expectations with regards to where I'll finish going forward. But it was—I I took enough away from it to to bring me back next week and and persevere a little bit with it. Um,
2: and unfortunately, for you, AJ had a
3: really good night as well, which means you have to turn up now. Yeah, well, that's right. AJ's—he's a bit like Ben, and and on Ben, I, I just think he's had a bit of time out of the sim, and I think you'll find he'll he'll come pretty good. Plus, he forgot to put fuel in his car, so he started from the pits race too. <laughs> <laughs> he got on the grid. Oh, fuel! Fuel got back out, and then just couldn't get back out in time, so. I love that. Um, That's a very
2: Milo thing
3: to do. Yeah, (laughs) it was. It was. So, but yeah, AJ's, you know, uh, he's a, we've talked about him being a quiet achiever, and that's another example of it, you know. Um, he, he had really strong performance there, was was right up there with some of the best guys going around, uh, which which is great. You know, top six finish in the second race, uh, just outside the top ten in the first. In fact, uh, great to see SimSpeed have the, the race smarts to focus not only on the leaders but that battle for the reverse grid pole during that first race because mm. that was quite an intense... It was, you know, eight cars yeah. battling for that spot. It was really good to see that and AJ be a part of that. So... Yeah, look, uh, the, the quiet word is, though, that um, AJ's work might be pulling him out interstate for a couple of weeks. So oh. that, that might dash us in both championships, depending on how that plays out. So we'll see how we go. That's
1: a shame. No, yeah. you know, look... Welcome to my world, Mikella, <laughs> from the back and, and just trying to take the scraps to see what
3: happens. Exactly, please, and I don't. I, I hope it doesn't come across as arrogant. I've just I've just raced ah. the skips for so long um, that it's a it's a different perspective, and it's you know you got to swallow that humble pie and, and get in there and have a crack at the end of the day.
1: Now you can see where I'm up, upset and frustrated by being the, far, the the biggest mover in the field and still not finishing in the top 10.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's it. I mean, I, I, honestly, it, when you say like, I went from 41st and last on the grid to 14th, and it was all through the misadventures of others. Can I tell you, I my personal experience of the racing last night was the standard was actually really good. In a forty car field, you're going to see bumps and bruises and, and all. Particularly on the first couple of laps, um, but overall, I thought the standards was, were excellent.
1: Yeah, look, and okay. I was going to mention that before. I think that that played a lot of part into in how you end up in top split and things like that. Ira made it pretty clear that. It wasn't just time; it was the incident amounts, and, and he wanted the best drivers in the top split, and the ones that needed a bit more work around the edges in the seconds in the the pro am series because he wants the pro series to look like it's clean, good driving rather than look fast driving as well comes with that, but clean, good driving, uh and the pro am series to definitely look like these are guys who are coming up and, and will be better as they get, as they get more polish around the edges.
3: Yeah. And I thought the, the two uh, series that came together, you know, Greg series and Iris series series, I thought, you know, I I don't know most of those people from a bar of soap, um, but I thought it blended quite well. I know a few of them a bit more now after racing with them. (laughs) I know, I know there's a couple of guys that are, that go pretty hard and, and you know, given my philosophy on the racing in those cars at the moment, when I see them coming, it's oh, I'll just give you a bit of extra room. I know you've both got pace on me, and you've got the, the aggressive racing, which is, is okay. It's just not where I'm at at the moment. So, but I thought overall, like I said, the driving stand was excellent, and the the way the two series came together in terms of that new conversation that's happening uh, amongst the drivers uh, on track was was really good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was the. First time a lot of those drivers had even seen each other. So, you know, some, some of them were, were very, very, you know, well-known to each other. But the fact that, you know, 1 through to 38 all were battling together at, every, at, at, at most of the, the thing. It was only a handful of drivers that weren't in a battle. Um, yeah, no, it was really, really good to watch. Uh, obviously, I just wish there was about 45 more camera angles so I could see everything that was going on. Um, But... Yeah, look, it was especially with locked on being, being where they were after about two laps in both races. Um, it, it was frustrating to to not know exactly what was going on, but yeah, you know, that's when you're forty odd cars all battling, you can only ever watch certain amounts of bits pieces. So it was really good when we did get on TV, especially towards the end when we had Tim and Braden, um, battling their way through to the top ten before a, a mishap. We sent Tim into a a Wall with missing adding a tire to the tire barrier that, that adding one of his own. So,
3: yeah, I saw that. That was so disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I know it was a racing incident, but it was just, I was gutted when I saw that on the replay. But, Braden, your pace was really good, mate. I hope there's a lot there for you to take away from it.
2: Yeah, it was an interesting night. Like, um, I pre qualified really well, I managed to get a really good time in, um, but. I don't know. I wasn't exactly convinced of it. I wasn't sure who else had just, you know, come in, done a few laps, put in a good time and went, ah, that'll do. Um, And I wasn't so sure as well. Like I'd done a bit of practice because of the Tin Top Cup at Phillip Island. We'd done the F3 at Phillip Island. Like I've driven Phillip Island quite a lot when I go back and think about it. So it's a track I know pretty well, Um, which was was good. I I tried to do some AI races in the the morning of. Uh, left me more frustrated and annoyed than it did actually help it. But it was good for trying to get the starts and things like that right in the car. Um, And yeah, it did okay. Put a pretty decent qualifying time down and managed to qualify seventh, which I was pretty happy with. Tim and I sort of spoke, the Tims and I sort of spoke before the, the round and sort of top tens is sort of the goal. I think if you can have consistent top tens, you'll put yourself in a pretty good spot to have a really good, Good series because I'd imagine there'll be quite a lot of, um, you know, just racing going on. But that'll that'll cause people to have a not good week here and there. And I reckon if you can stick it in the top ten most weeks, you'll probably have a pretty good, um, pretty good season. So top seven was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, there was a whole heap of chatter on the the radio on the start, <laughs> which um, actually. God, Tim and I couldn't hear our revs in, in the Audi at all, and I completely butchered the start. Thankfully, about 25 other cars also didn't get a great start, to be honest, and um, it didn't cost me too much. And um, I got an, got away okay, got through the first couple of turns um, and then got very much welcomed to TCR driving by, by <laughs> Hinzi, who, who all of a sudden just door banged me. I went back and looked at it after and it was it was a fine. I left the door a little bit open and he st- stuck the car there. But I was just like, oh, yep, this is how we're going to be racing, isn't it? Are we going to have to race a little bit harder than that? So I was introduced pretty quickly to what it was going to be like um, and lost a position or two. Um, But unfortunately, coming into turn two, I think on the second lap again, it was either second or third lap, had that um, experience that Alex sort of said, got on the brakes early trying to, you know, give enough room for the cars ahead that are going to be checking up and just lost the rear of the car. Um, Something I hadn't really had happen in practice. I don't know if it was the braking a little bit early and not as hard that this didn't stabilize the car or whatever, but lost the rear and spun around and... Ended up going pretty far back and managed to get back up to P15, which was great. Started the second race from P15, had a much better start. Um, Again, coming second lap, uh, did the same thing. Managed to save it. Car behind me kind of hit me, and then I was straightened up, and I was okay, but then hit me a couple more times, uh, which spun me and ended up at the back. Pitted early because I didn't want to be stuck in the battle. I think I ended up just behind you. Um, Alex and pitted early because I didn't want to be stuck in the battle and um, that strategy seemed to work really, really well Um, and the tyres felt okay towards the end, I was still, Ryan Jones was, I was catching him at a Raider knots and he pitted a couple of laps later than me so, managed to come through and get a top 10 which was good but um, I think it could have been a better night but I mean, I was at the end of it having two pretty bad spins to get a 15th and a 10th, I was actually pretty pretty happy with it to be honest, so um, can't complain too much
1: yeah, yeah I, no, I think as Alex said, that the pace you showed towards the end of the race, considering you pitted on lap five, was um, to come through the field like you did, was very, uh, you and Tim, obviously, um, very, very good to see and very promising for the future, I think. Yeah.
3: yeah, and the I was surprised at the end there because I pitted lap 11. So I had, what, six laps younger tyres than you, and I wasn't making a dent. And I looked at my lap time, like fastest laps uh comparatively across the field and i was like i wasn't too far off most of the field there's the the top guys which are in the 37s i was in the mid 38s um so I, i wasn't as far off as i thought i was going to be across the full spread of the field but funniest moment of me for the night honestly end of lap one i reckon a half a dozen cars forgot that it was really tough on Cole tires to go flat through the final corner, and he just saw a wave of TCRs yeah. go off on the outside of the final which corner, which looked even hilarious, <laughs> more hilarious
1: on the broadcast because uh, they had the the camera angle from the curve yeah, trying to yeah, watch so the car go past it. Like four of them in a row just shoot it the wrong bang. direction.
3: <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. Like I could, I just thought, yep, yeah, there's a few freebies from guys who forgot. It was just, and I uh, think.
1: Wasn't it Kobe Williams? Was one of them? The leading the race, it went off.
3: Yeah, he did that. I think it was in the second race, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah same second thing. race that happened. Yeah. yeah, but it was just it was Keystone Cops or something. Just, yep. Everyone just went off. It was oh, look, he, he had to laugh. It was good value.
1: Oh, it definitely was look and good, good product, good, good racing, all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to see what what you guys think of it next next Tuesday after Monday race. So um, yeah, and. I want to shout out quickly because watching, I know I didn't get see Cal on the broadcast and the pro-ams, but his start in race one, I think he took over five people on, on the just his start, which he'd been practicing, but uh, they didn't even mention on the broadcast. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure he was the biggest mover in the field uh, from basically 29th or 30th or whatever it was, pretty much last on the grid through to 14th or something. He finished up, which, 13th, which was an amazing effort. Uh, so well done, mate, for your first TCR race. And um, obviously the second one didn't go as well as you, you would like, but the first one was an amazing effort. So let's move on to some news and results because we have got heaps to talk about. So uh, for those watching at home, Brewster Coffee is the main guy who brings it stuff. If you're watching our cars and liveries, that's the place where you find uh, his logo all over our stuff. If you want to know where the best coffee is in the world, go to that website, and see what's near you and you'll find some reviews of some coffee houses near you also go put a view re- review down brewster.coffee so b-r-e-w-s-t-r dot coffee uh if you want to also get in and help us out with the podcast let us know hit us up and the messages i'll be reaching out to a few people who have uh, mentioned it in the past and i'll see where we're at with those people as well but yeah, every little bit helps, and yeah, Ash, Ash Niles has helped us out a lot. So go check out his website, just give him a click, share it, whatever you can do. That'd be really helpful. But let's start with the news, uh, which we have heaps of stuff. So, just quickly, I had my Christmas wish last year, last episode of last year, where we get let's get a new engine for uh, iRacing. And then I think within a couple of days, iRacing comes out and buys a studio with a, a brand new made engine. Um, so looking forward to seeing what happens there, but, uh, we've also had another purchase, uh, the monster games that they've also purchased just recently as well, which come up with some pretty interesting, uh, little side notes as well. But so monster games has just been acquired. So this was on the 4th of January by iRacing Motorsports, which the big part of this was, uh, the president and owner of MGI is, uh, Rich Garcia. Uh, will be joining the iRacing development team uh, and be reunited with his iRacing CEO and CTO, Dave Kamer, uh, who worked together back in Paprius Racing days. So this is basically getting the team back together. Um, Monster Games is currently bringing out a game still, so yet to be announced title in 2022. Uh, But if it is coming out this year, that means they're sort of wrapping up production on it now. Um and and parts of their teams will be obviously now coming over to work and help with iRacing. The the big announcement with this one was on the Twitter or the Facebook where iRacing actually mentioned the word console uh at the end of their announcement, which got a lot of people um chatting, uh and and I don't know whether they were scared or or what, but there's lots of thoughts to talk about there. But the original Acquire uh act original news which was they acquired Orontos, Orontes Games which is a developer of a racing game called Drag which is sort of like big remote control cars in dirt um that was on the 22nd of December so they will now be working for iRacing they'll continue to support the game Drag but obviously come in-house but the big part of this like I mentioned before was uh, this company has actually created their own engine for graphics and physics to do with drag. Uh, so I see this personally as a an attempt to upgrade, upgrade the engine uh, and own their own engine, which is um, a huge part of game development. Creating your own engine, for starters, uh, is, is a massive undertaking and risky work. So this is a proven engine that will be their own now that they can now make fit with iRacing a lot quicker because they've got a team that build it. We'll be working in-house with them as well. So exciting stuff on both fronts, just A, because this is more content coming to iRacing and potentially quicker. Um, But who wants to go first on on their little thoughts about about these ones? So, McKellar, what do you reckon (laughs) on both fronts?
3: Well, look... uh, uh... I couldn't believe it after we spoke last time the next day. I said, nah, they'll never do it. They'll never work. Well, I guess I was half right. They weren't working on an engine. They were working on buying one. Um, Maybe if I say they're not working on rain, it'll just come out next day. I don't know. But um, look... Uh, game development or just development in general, software development is is a, a, on that scale uh, and that complexity is, is a very serious undertaking um, to shortcut and accelerate that um, by the acquisition of um, some work that's already been done in an amicable way like that, which appears to be done based on what you read in the press. Uh, is is a great step forward because, as we've discussed previously, uh, the engine uh, is over a decade old. It's twelve years old or something, thirteen years old now, um, and it's great to celebrate the decades, the decade long plus of, of i racing history. But it's the one thing that's holding its back. The stats, the 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 racing, everything's great, but visually, it's it's dated. And for me. What else? What other capability can this bring when you combine it with um, the existing offer that iRacing has? is is a very exciting prospect. It's it's going to be where the compromises and how they deal with the compromises. You know, how much of the what makes iRacing great can they transition across to a new engine? Um, where there's new capabilities, what sort of compromises are there to be made uh, as well? So. Look, I'm really pumped that um, and about what that says. I, I don't expect anything in the next twelve months. I think it'd be a you know two three whatever year journey. Yeah, two year journey, and at least and um, before we then see, you know, the the next stages. And it's not uncommon if you look in game development these days for uh, games to go for years in alpha and beta phase, look at Star Citizen, look at Escape from Tarkov, look at from these things that have been going for years in in alpha and beta. Um, And people that kind of accept that these days, it's almost a label for, um, you know, just accept that there are some bugs that we're working on rather than selling something and changing the expectations and still doing the same things. Um, And the way IRSing works, they've got a quarterly release cycle, um and they're introducing new content and new fixes in, in those releases so i would expect that likely to continue potentially and on a, on a new engine which is very very exciting in my books
1: yeah look it, it, when you put the two of them together like okay usually if you're going to build a big game triple a title you're looking at about 4 years in development is is a good Safe structure, you know. Obviously, there's some games that take decades to get out, unfortunately. But for four years is a good cycle between games. Um, if you've got a little bit of assets already that you just got to adapt to a neat new engine, it, it, it's it's a bit iffy. But if you've got an engine and you're just then creating stuff around that, if you don't have to create that engine from scratch or learn that engine from the start, you can cut some time off there. I reckon what where we're at is, like I, I said. We're probably closer to that two-year mark than the four-year mark, because we've they've already got all the assets. Um, they've just got to adapt it to the engine. But I'd say they're probably actually going to redo most of the assets and, and and be have them structured around this this brand new engine, so it's going to be easier to work on. But probably, yeah, you I, I might be right. I, I said two as You're saying two to three, but you probably are right. Three is probably more accurate that just to make it safe so it's easy to build on because that's the worst thing you can do and i've seen it with other games that i've talked about in the past where cool we built this great engine it's amazing and we made all these great assets we released the game and then we realized we can't update that engine the way we want to and the game the way we want to so now we're stuck uh so let's go to the scratch and start a new engine and new game um And the division was the big one that that happened with. They couldn't add any story content because the engine wouldn't let them. So yeah. uh then we got the division two with Snowdrop Engine two, which uh, allowed them to do that a lot easier. But three or four years of development um was <laughs> is, is 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 a problem there. So yeah, look, probably three years. The they're the, putting them both together. As I was going to say before, though, if if console is a is a thing that they're aiming for, it's a massive market. We talked about Gran Turismo multiple times on this. Grand Tribune 07 comes out next year or this year now. Um, Forza will probably come out this year as well. iRacing obviously sees that market. And it's if you're going to do a new engine and you're going to do all this new work, why not open it up to a few more fields? Especially with, with partners like Logitech wanting to make as many peripherals as they do for things like consoles, um, because they see that as a fairly strong market um it does help to to put yourself everywhere and i know Braden doesn't agree that it's ever going to come to console but they did mention the word console in that statement which i wasn't even thinking about until they said that if they hadn't said that i wouldn't even consider it but you know what what a time to do it when you're already just doing the game back from scratch on a whole new engine i guess have you had any thoughts Braden, or you just want to leave it there
2: not really, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I guess it's not that I don't see it ever coming to console, but I just not in the, its current form and not in yeah. the the pay pay to pay structure I suppose for content that they currently have it'd it need to be a relatively big change up there. And I think if they did bring it to console where it's gonna cost two hundred bucks or hundred bucks, there'll be a lot of people who spent a lot of money who would be very, very angry. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so
1: do you see it ever being an iRacing 2, Mikella? I don't see that as an as, as a viable option at all, to be honest. I think it's it's only just going to be this is the iRacing update of 2024, and this is where it looks better and and better, and now it's on console.
3: Yeah, it it'd be too. I mean, so many people have spent and invested not only their time but significant amounts of money and equipment and and just the subscription and the content it's a very tall order to leave all that behind and just say that's legacy now, this is what we're doing, and you've got to rebuy yeah. that. I think that the numbers pre COVID versus what they are now and surprisingly the levels of participation that have been sustained in the, you know, COVID yeah. plus period that we're going through, they've this is the biggest Period that they've had in the in the in the company's history in terms of participation. So, you would like to think that that's back bankrolling the future yes. development, and that that's where they're getting their investment from in terms of the costs that that there are involved in the acquisition of these these two parties that bring and bring forward iRacing into where they their future state vision is, uh, such that the user base has already funded it and they're not asking us to dip into our pockets again for iRacing 2.0. Um Yeah, look, that's my hope. With with cross-platform, potentially an option in console, interesting maybe. I don't want to be lining up against someone on a controller versus a a wheel. Uh, I've seen a guy streaming recently who was absolutely on a controller uh, in the skips, uh, and it's very, very clear from how the the wheels move and all the rest of it, and that'll get you so far, but... um, yeah, I don't want to be putting my i rating and my time against someone on a on a controller versus a a, a yeah. full steering wheel. But they do uh,
1: heavily now do matchmaking based on the controller that you're using, though, in most games these
3: days. Oh, so okay, all right, fair, fair enough.
1: If you're using mouse and keyboard, you get put with mouse and keyboard people. Okay, if you're on a controller, you get, unless you you opt to go against other people with different controllers.
3: So yeah, okay, fair enough. And the other thing, I guess, with the Uh, the console, the stuff that you're talking about, Braden, in terms of people don't want to, you know, they want to pay the money and get the game. Uh, not have to keep forking out, Um, I I guess you can do that with iRacing to a degree because you've got all the rookie content and the question then becomes, is that enough for a console buyer to invest just in that and then have the the next layers of subscription like um, the the game passes or the season passes or whatever to extend out their content and is that a model that they can use on console to bring them in? I don't know.
1: Yeah, so two quick things one is um i think you'll you may see things like xbox game pass be be a bridge there um and, and i can't see either the consoles funding any of this because they've already got their flagships of forza and, and gran turismo so why actively bring in a competitor but i can see someone like logitech or someone like that going hey here's some money for funding, let's bring you in so we can get this market that we're we're, trying, we're already trying to get into. Um, but look, money, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think things are changing in that market anyway in the future. But what you do when you put a 2.0 on the end of it, it's a roll of the dice. As soon as you say iRacing oh, 2, we're starting again you A, open the door to many people to come in because they see a two on it and they go, sweet, this is the new version, this is my time to jump in. But you also open the door to those people who have been there for 13, 14, 15 years to go, well, here's your exit strategy. You've spent thousands of dollars on this thing. If you don't want to be here anymore, this is your perfect chance to go somewhere else because you're going to have to start again from scratch anyway, so... If, you're, if you've got a reason to get out, this is your chance. So it, that's what makes it a, a double-edged sword of, of doing that. So I, very I, I can't good point. see them doing
3: it. Yeah, very good point that you make there. Change breeds change. And if that might just be the catalyst uh, for some folks to say, you know, pull up stumps. They're yeah, very interesting. It might be others that breathe fresh life into. So maybe there's a balance there.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we've talked enough about that. It is very interesting. and. I don't think we're at the end of it. I think there's more acquisitions to come. I think if they're going to make a big play like this, there is more to, and and there'll be more specific things that they'll need as well. Like joining with Epic because Epic does cross-platform and cross-account, cross-progression better than anyone else in the market. Um, Things like that, we might start seeing pop up. But anyway, that's that's probably a couple of years down the track. But let's get into what I was almost going to start the news with probably the biggest news article I've seen in a long time in Australian esports racing. Um, so OSR put out a statement the other day. We actually got wind of it uh, early. We sort of had some discussions and, and working out how to cover this uh, on a podcast level because it is such a big story. Um, but basically OSR has put out an announcement saying that they have actively found, well, it sort of started with some leaks that the people were cheating. Um, they've put out an announcement saying that we have got proof that people are cheating. We have taken it to iRacing and we, they are looking into it. But for now, this is how we're going to manage it going forward. Uh, OSR is the people in charge of SCOPs. It's the people in charge of the Bathurst 12 hour, which we're also going to hear about in a sec because there's news about that. But we talked to Mike, me and Braden got, got to have a chat with him and said, Hey, how do you want to do it? And we then went and pre-recorded. I actually sat down and pre-recorded the thing with him yesterday. So uh, it's a bit of a length, lengthy chat, but there is a lot of stuff to talk about. So have a listen to what Mike has to say about the V8 Scops cheating scandal. Uh, also the Bathurst 12-hour big announcement. And also Scops uh, Red Open. And we'll come back and have a bit of a discuss about it. So take it away, Mike. And welcome back to the podcast, Mike. I have been asleep and words aren't working very well, but how are you, mate? I'm very good, thanks. Wilco, how are you? I'm excellent. Now we've got you (laughs) on at the early start of the year because everything's happening in the world of OSR. That includes a 12-hour, that includes scops, and that includes... Some people being very, very bad. I want to start there, and then we'll go to the good <laughs> stuff.
0: Let's go. Let's go from bad to good, eh? What do you reckon we do? Yeah, that?
1: that's the way to do All it. Right. So let 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 let's, let you tell what's happened from your perspective. Uh, you've just put out a statement uh, and and let people know what's going on. But but let yep. tell us what, what's happened from your perspective. Well, the the really unfortunate thing that,
0: that's happened here, Wilco, is that we had somebody actually find. Um, a program and come to us and say, I I really don't know where to go with this. This is wrong. And um, we sort of were a bit surprised to actually have you know, have the information dropped in our lap. But what's happened is, with the advent of macros and the use of them, and there'll there'll always be macros, you know, available for use in iRacing and so forth, because you you, you do need to have that, and you should have that for things like, you know, turning off tyres or only two right sides or two left sides for the NASCAR boys, or even indeed for for handicapped people who need macros Mm -hmm. to do certain things and do so uh, multiple commands and so forth. So they're they're always going to be there, and you know working them with things like uh, secondary clutches and lots sort of stuff so they're always going to be around but um, what we found out is that people were creating macros and programs that could work basically entirely independently of any input. That was our first um, introduction to to what was actually out there and being used, and that basically meant that. By by a very simple formula of taking the start-finish line and X amount of metres to turn one, to turn two, to turn three, uh, to the apex of each corner, a, a, a series of sections can be put into a small matrix program and effectively you just turn this thing on and if you want the car to change brake bias and roll bar settings or if you were using and, and for us that's you know the major thing in SCOPs but, and, and V8s but for example anything that's got a turbocharged car anything like that where you, you want to move um, you want to move fuel mapping and, and, and all those sort of things that could be included into it It was done automatically. So somewhere you just pick a point and somewhere in the metres between the start-finish line and turn one, it will automatically adjust the car to whatever you tell it to do. And then it'll change it again. If you want another change, it doesn't have to be all of them. It doesn't have to be any of them. Uh, If you want another change between turn two, you pick the amount of metres from the start-finish line where that change gets affected and bang, it's done. So what you have here is, it is, it's a program that just, you're you become a train driver. You just got to steer it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the the real concern then also is that there is an ability to measure wheel speed, and that was removed for a long period of time. And I'm not quite sure why or how it's been introduced. But what it does then is, if you have wheel speed that is indifferent to your actual road speed, then these programs are sophisticated enough to pick that up and override your Throttle your manual throttle input, and then obviously, if it takes the throttle, if it's overriding it and reducing it back by a percentage until wheel speed equals road speed, then, um, you know, minus a percentage or something, uh, so that you've got constant acceleration, then you've got traction control, yeah. Um, And traction control, obviously, is an advantage from apex to exit uh, and and beyond, but also it aids tyre wear, so you know. That's cheating. Basically, that's yes, cheating. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah. You can set it so that gear changes, are up, up shifts are absolutely perfect at you know, 7,450 revs or whatever you want, maximum torque. Yep. So your up changes are the same. Um, you can set it so that if you have brake lock-ups, you can roll off the brake, you know, can ease back on the brake pedal, override your brake input.
1: And these... Yeah, that's huge advantages for anyone. Massive. Absolutely
0: massive. Especially... You, you can, Especially control. when you get
1: down to the little little low levels of me, where I'm I'm needing that every <laughs> single second of every single lap, like. And then you're you're racing against other people that you know may not be at yeah. scops level, but even even our level that, that just adds seconds to a lap or takes seconds off a lap. Sorry.
4: Well,
0: it it does, man. It means you've got it, but it means you have to spend an inordinate amount of time sorting out your own data and what you think works at every corner. But once you've got it, yes, and you set yeah. it up and away you go, you just let it run and. That's not racing. That's not fair. That's not the spirit of competition or what iRacing is about. And, and you know, even your own, um, your own Braden Martin there was able to show me some, some wonderful sections uh, in the forums that David Tucker was talking about where he's saying this is absolutely not what we want to do. It's effectively outside the spirit of the rules and we don't, have, we don't want anything yes. to do with that or that happening. And that was, you know, for any of the forums talking about that very point is could it be done and should it be done and can we have this so it can be done and he sort of said no that's that's not where we want to go no, and that's, that's not racing use of it, no it is and, and if you want to do I'm,
1: that go go race um grand turismo or not even grand turismo really I'm like go bug at them like I'm talking yeah. grid or any of those type of arcadey um yeah. or daytona at the at the arcades yeah. where you just put your foot yeah, down and it's, turn it's, that's all you're doing
0: that's it there's no there's no skill anymore it's just point it in the right direction keep it on the road don't bump into anyone and and you're going to have some sort of an advantage and yeah. and there are there are other mutations of that that have been put in where drivers can just say well we want um we've got a button that we press and it changes it to these settings and you might run two three four corners with that and then you hit another button and it changes it to different settings or it goes back to the original setting that you loaded when you went in and you can just have variants you just hit it and it changes to that. So, you know, on a circuit like Bathurst where you might want different settings for the chase than you do through the dipper or the cutting or something like that, you can have three or four different settings and you just hit the yeah. button and it instantly goes to that. And then you hit another button and it'll take it back to what the the loaded setup is. So, you know, there are all sorts of variations of it, but um, <clears throat> it's impossible to detect other than from the iRacing side because we unfortunately didn't have telemetry. So, it was very disappointing to find out about this. And then we started reverse going back and looking through the year and looking at various things and going, I wonder. So how do you prove that? And that's very difficult for us. So very quietly we went to iRacing and had a chat with them and then we sent them off details of what we knew and we threw a very wide, cast a very wide net because simply if you've been using it, you're a cheat and we, yeah, don't, want you, we don't want you in iRacing. To be, to be honest, I, I, and I don't care who that is really, I, it doesn't matter. Um, yep. But you know, if uh, if you've been using our series, then we don't want you. We're really in there either. Um, a little bit harder to prove. But what's been really good is the the community response, and and you've obviously seen in the in the forums over the last couple of days where it all blew up, and everyone was having yep. a backhanded swipe backwards and forwards, and and um, we had hoped to keep it a little bit quieter, a little bit longer so that we could have iRacing do a little bit more investigation before we started stepping forward and saying and pointing fingers and so forth. But is what it is. We, we can we can live with the way it's come out because it's also the flip side of it is that now so many people are aware of it. The general community will look and if people suddenly have to have secondary accounts, you know, with Blogs 2 Um, you're going to know that they've been in trouble because iRacing has found them and and they are looking, So and they're looking quite hard and they're they're working out how and what needs to be done and we've been able to help them out with that considerably but what's really, really, really good and disappointing at the same time is that for Scops we're going to have to now harvest telemetry so drivers are going to be expected to um, record their telemetry and upload it for us within a short period of time. We will randomly go through and select various things. Uh, I I think one of the, we haven't sort of worked out the exact details yet because we're waiting on programs to come back to us, but I I would think we're going to always check probably at least the top five cars and then randomly have a look at a few others through the field at different times for different reasons and so forth and just generally have a look at everybody so that everybody that's in SCOPS at some stage is going to have their telemetry telemetry check by a program that's looking for uh, sequences and patterns that are outside of what a normal driver would have an in inputs. There's, there's a video getting around that shows the button technique working very well, where a driver turns into a corner and, and presses a button to go down three gears with a perfect down change and auto blip at the same time, and then they um, accidentally hit the button twice and they go from sixth to first, blow the motor and roll to a halt. I have um, seen
1: that video and I did comment yeah. on that actually happening in Scots <laughs> when it happened and thinking that was yeah. extremely extremely weird. But uh well, quickly let's wrap up. So main things <laughs> it's, I want to is iRacing is on it. Yeah. And iRacing yeah, is looking into it. And if you've yep. done it in the past, i Racing will work out a way to find yep. you and
4: yep. get rid of
1: you. So if you are listening to this and you have done it in the past, I'll honestly be scared. Um <laughs> Secondly, if not, we'll, we've this got programs in the future. The, yeah, this doesn't yep. just doesn't affect the top five of a race or top three of a race. No. Like like I was no. saying before, this affects you know me and someone else yep. at the lower levels of a, of, a, of a very low series. Me going that guy's seems way faster than me for some reason or you know someone in scops getting into scops and, and finishing 12th or 15th or 30th that took a place for someone who was actually yep. spending the hours to get there so yep. it doesn't just affect cool yeah you won excellent by cheating but it's, uh, it it, it yep. helps make other people miss out on spots because of yeah. cheating as yeah. well even yeah. lower down the field
0: yeah um, yeah absolutely absolutely and i'm not i'm not saying please don't don't By agreeing with that, please don't think, all of you listeners out there, that we're suddenly (laughs) looking at at, at pointing the finger at Madison down. We're actually not. No, not at all. I've had some very good talks with him and so forth. And, and yeah,
1: I've I've actually seen his telemetry. So I I know that he's won the thing fair and square, which is still nice to know. I think if you've if you've been in the forums, you've been on those those silly Facebook pages that have popped up just recently. <laughs> you've probably got some idea. I know you even had some odds floating around that you were one yeah. of the people in there, which I thought uh, was hilarious. Uh, it, it was, and and to
0: whoever made the uh, the Law and Order video, that was. Um, I mean, we, you could take it either way, but I actually thought both Brent and I thought it was a little bit funny. So I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Horatio because I'd rather be a Horatio than a. That's that's my style of cheesiness. So. I yep. even threw my own photo in there just for a bit of fun. Nice. So <laughs> so that that's where
1: we're at with that. Yep. Now yep. there is, obviously, you've mentioned a little bit about the bullying side of things. We've touched on that in yep. the past. Just don't be yep. stupid and, and treat people the way you respect that's that's coming out of this. Not this, but this, yep. that's coming out of last season no, as well. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, look, that's pretty... Uh, obviously, you've got things in place where with telemetry and all that kind of stuff we will go forward and iRacing will obviously get that. So... I don't want to spend too much time on this, even though this is an absolutely huge story. Um, it is. It's still unfolding and, too, just quietly. I oh, look, I 100% <laughs> uh, understand that. So um, it'll yep. be very interesting a couple of days. I just want to definitely get on top of it and get it out sure. there, um, yep. especially from your perspective. Now, let's get on to the lighter stuff. Well, not the lighter stuff, the actually more Fun exciting stuff. stuff. Yeah. You've just announced the past 12-hour. Who's your big sponsor? Well... This
0: is absolutely fantastic. And uh, Logitech have come on board and we would love to thank Logitech publicly and, and, and um, for being the title sponsor. They came to us very late in the piece last year and said, hey, we'd love to be a part of this. This looks like a fantastic event. The feedback that we got from it was phenomenal. And really, it was an event that we decided to put on because COVID had ruined the real Bathurst 12 hour for 2021. And there were many... many GT tragics and and mountaineers who who were just sitting there going what are we going to do I thought well let's let's do this and that's what we did but and and Logitech just said this was fantastic after the race the feedback we got was even better and we got all this you're going to do it again you're going to do it again and I was sort of thinking no this is it's a a one off (laughs) we just did it as a one off there should be a 12 hour next year but the response that I've got even towards the end of last year saying, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? I thought, oh, you know, I was it with the boys and they're willing to give it a, another go again. So, yep, we are on for the 12 hour. It's on February 6th and Logitech, we went to them and had a chat with them and, and we had a talk with our other uh, sponsors, Smith and Sons. And, we're very happy to say that they wanted to come back on board, but Logitech said, "Yep, we would love naming naming rights," and they have not it, So it's the Logitech B12, um, and they have a prize package this year. Which, when it was sent to me, and and you know, I'm 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 easy. As long as we've got enough money to run the show and away we go, that's fantastic, <laughs> and that's yeah. what we'll get. Um, when they said, "Hey, we'd really like to be a part of this," because they're they're. Strategy is to say that we are not just—we're not your first port of call when you join sim racing to buy a G920 and and what have you. We have serious gaming hardware in 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 headsets, in mice, in um, keyboards, and and various other items. And we really want to show that we are actually a, a serious player here. And they've stepped forward and said, "So let's let's show people what we got," and they have come up with a prize pool which when we released the dollar figures over, I think a lot of people are going to have some very big round eyes to my knowledge inside a league and, and let's, let's talk outside of supercars e-series, but for a single race, we have, I I don't know of anything and I could be proved wrong, but I think the largest prize pool in Australian history for a single sim race. when we We will tip over, and Logitech are a very big part of this, Smith & Sons are part of it, and so are sideways photography that I haven't mentioned yet, we will tip over $15,000 in the prize pool.
1: That is ridiculous, Um, and congratulations (laughs) on that, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I fell off the chair. Yeah, you are obviously going to attract some extremely big names for that. Um, the fastest of the fastest in endurance racing will be definitely into the Bathurst of Hour this year. And lonely old me, we struggling to get in the <laughs> field, but I think I've got a, a team that might just get there. But congratulations. That, that honestly is huge news. So congratulations it, it's, on that. It's yeah.
0: absolutely massive. And, and I've got to thank Logitech again. They are just a wonderful company and so easy to, to, to work with. It really has been easy and a pleasure to deal with. It hasn't been difficult at all, which is really lovely to see. And the key thing about this is they don't want to, they're not going to slap it all in anybody's, any one person's pocket. So every driver that finishes in first, second or third in the GT3 category all will receive the same prizes. So it's not like, oh, we've got a really nice big prize, but you've got to split it three ways. Everyone gets a prize pack. All right. And then the trophies, which I can tell you, I've I've seen the trophies. I was just talking to the sponsor for, from Smith & Sons um, just a moment ago, and I've seen the trophies. And this year, last year, we got lovely trophies. They were good, they, but they were plastic. He's gone to metal ones this year, and they are even better. And I'm looking at a list of them sitting there. So P1, P2, P3, we're estimating we've got, let's say we've got three drivers in each, but we've allowed for four. So we've got at least nine sets of prize packs to go there, with, tra- uh, including trophies and then um, a high res image of the car done up through sideways um, uh, a photography uh, through Rob Carmichael, which is another wonderful prize we're adding into the mix. But that's not all, that's just GT3. GT4 has exactly the same prize pool, so it's been replicated again with the trophies and with the Logitech prize bundle. So if you win GT4, you can walk away with the same prize pool as the winner of GT3. You might not be standing up on the podium taking the overall honours, but there's only 15 cars being accepted into GT4, so you've got a much better set of odds as opposed to um, 35 going into GT3. So you get that's a much better exactly chance, right. <laughs> lots-wise. And the prize pool is the same. Plus, we've got um, a, a small cash um, uh, prize for our pole position setters. So whoever sets GT4 pole, there is a small cash prize for that. There is also a cash prize for our uh, shootout winner. So they are for individual drives. And then we'll have a drive of the day, which there'll be a small cash prize for as well. And that's how we can integrate our, our, what's left of the, um, the entry fee back into the actual event itself.
1: Sweet. So talking about entry feed, give us how do people get uh hold and get into this uh event.
0: Okay. Uh it's on the Australian iRacing Forums, the new forums. The post (laughs) is up there already. So all you need to do is go in, have a look at it, see where it is, have a look at how everyone else is doing it. The second pa the first post is you just tell you that it's on, that's what we're doing, how we're doing it, tells you all about the sponsors and so forth. The second post gives you how to register with all the basics of it, but you'll see in that second post that there are, is a rule book, which is basically exactly the same rule book as it was last year with the dates changed a little bit, but a few other little, just a tiny few little bits and pieces in it. It's going to cost you $35 per car. doesn't matter whether you've got three or four drivers. Uh, you choose your car, um, put your entry form in. I think we're probably going to have more entries then we will have grid slots so we will have to run a pre-qualifying to pre-qualifying sessions yeah. before we go With to that prize money. money i, I, I money. think so but the other thing is is as we've always said is that if you don't get to raise if your car you know you you, you finished 51st we'll give you your entry fee back so yeah. we'll, we'll just send it back to you so yeah there's you know yeah you're not going to be out of dollars that's that's the, the key point of it so that's it yeah Sixth of February, it's going to be huge. There's, it's all broadcastable. Sim speed as well. I haven't mentioned Sim speed. I should do. Um, Jay Kennedy and the boys nah, doing do a fantastic job.
1: Never <laughs> heard of him.
0: Never heard of him. <laughs> ah. No, they'll all be doing it. Um, as they did last year, so they'll do the first three hours, the last three hours, and we've got all the all the stuff that we did last year. So you'll be starting in the dark, like you do in the real race, um, and and everyone's got to get round and get themselves gritted up, and then we'll move off and we'll do a couple of formation laps, let you warm the car up, give you a little bit of siding stuff in the dark, and then we'll let you go for twelve hours and see how you see how you fare. And there's only one fast repair this year, so cool. not two, only one. Okay. So um, That's you, you need to you got to look after yourself. If you're a GT3 car, you got to look out for what you're doing when you pass those slower cars, and vice versa. If you're GT4, you need to be able to move yourself out the that road and, and be careful.
1: Yep, definitely. So. Congratulations again on, on the prize pool. That is amazing and good luck with it all. But let's move on to the other thing that's open for a <laughs> registration, which is V8 SCOPS, the new season. Yes. We've got the yes. the schedules out. Obviously, yes. we talked about some changes with the live telemetry. i oh, sorry, the, the telemetry you're going to have to feed the in. Telemetry you are going to have to yep. yep. But tell us what else is changing and what what's happening with SCOPS before we wrap this up.
0: Well, look, probably one of the biggest things that's going to change is the, how we do the entries now. Um the idea is is that we're doing it through a form and that'll actually go through Discord, through the the, um, the Scops channel. And rather than doing it through the forums where we manually had to drag everything across and Jay was doing backwards and forwards, we've got some brains that are much smarter than me and, and, and Jay combined, I would suggest, to be honest. But the whole idea is the format is that you can fill out the forms. Very simple Google documents. They all go into spreadsheets. So as you fill stuff out, it goes... Uh, into a multitude of different areas and so data can be extrapolated much quicker and much easier for the administration team so we've got that happening now we know that from the the we know that we're going to have to look into telemetry which you know again i hate that we have to do but cheats out there have done it so yeah it is what it is um but we'll we're going to be looking at, at a couple of different circuits this year if we can get them to um if we can get them to come to fruition on iRacing, on as it were, because we know they've been announced. We know that um, Sandown and Winton are tracks that should be coming. So we've put them in towards the end of the year. Um, yes. Red Bull Ring is a new circuit. We haven't, oh, Scops hasn't been to Red Bull Ring. I know we've all run it and that sort of stuff, but it came out before we were able to put it into the, the calendar last year. But we've still got our favourites with Bathurst and, and Imola and Phillip Island. So we've got all those in the Enduros. And the Sebring is one of those circuits that is just always produces a great you can race. Burn even Oh, yeah. yeah. Er, er, Everyone hates driving it, but it's the best (laughs) racing. So that's good. Road Atlanta is the same. Mossport is the same. Interlagos is the same. Montreal kicks off the season, which is wonderful. I know a few people have said, oh, yeah, no, we don't have any street circuits like Long Beach and Detroit. This year, we just decided to give that a little bit of a rest um, because we're going to have a tight circuit. Can you imagine, I mean, Uh. you
4: know,
0: split one at Winton. Or Sandia? Yep. How big that's going to be? I, I, God, I hope they come out because they're going to be fantastic they, rounds. So they
1: have to. They have yeah. to. Yeah, I agree. But look, Scops I registrations look, just,
0: are open. They're I was just there, doing Chicago
1: in V8s, and look, I don't wish that on anyone. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't think
0: we'll ever see that in Scopes. I can't, I can't <laughs> see that happening. But hey, who knows? Who knows? And then you know, you never know with I racing because they don't tell you enough to get yeah. you super excited. But um, we, we let the Hungaro ring go because we sort of thought, well, you know, it, yes, it's iconic and all that sort of stuff, but it's always been a circuit that is really has only a few passing points. It's very mm-hmm. follow the leader. As opposed, when you look at, say, even Sebring, Interlagos and, and Road Atlanta and Mosspot, where there are all sorts of changes in undulation and width of the circuit, so that it it just gives you much better racing overall. So, Hungaro yeah. Ring, we thought, yeah, look, we can give that a miss. Um, but again, winter and Sandy and hello. How Ring much fun? Up. How much yeah. fun? Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to those. I think they're going to be good. Definitely. So yeah, that's the, that's the major changes. Price is still the same for the year. We'll probably do the um, same thing we did with the Enduros this year if you want to jump in for the last Enduros or maybe the last couple of rounds you know, we'll work out a, a, a lesser amount for you if they're the only couple of races you want to do um, but not you know, not by huge amounts like you can save and it's only 20 bucks for the whole season so pay your dollars, yeah. jump in, give it a run and if we're lucky we might be able to get some sponsorship and get some trophies for the end of this year and, and be able to start to include that into the prize bill which we're working on too so just a nice little tidbit that we we are hoping to
1: make happen. Okay, cool. Well, that's excellent news. Um, thank you so much for joining us and giving us the good and the bad. I won't say the ugly. That, that's, that's where I come into it, I guess. No, that's, um, no, no. Brenton's not here, so you're good. We're good? Okay, no, thank you so much, mate. And good luck with the season coming up. I hope it's um, as close as it was last year and as action-packed yep. uh, without the craziness that happened towards the end, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. I really hope so too. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to a good year because we had some we had some lovely guys. It's uh, great racing, but we had some guys last year that really came into the fore, and so they they stepped forward, they upped their game, and they were able to make challenges. and We're hoping that those guys can can keep working forward like that and start to put in a real presence because you know Madison down the boys and and I've got to say that you you don't know, but in the background they put in a lot of work, and oh, yeah. they all stepped forward. Which was really interesting to see, and, and and you know they put in a big effort as a, as a team, and it really did show. So we're looking for other guys to step forward with them and and create that wonderful rivalry that we always seem to find between somebody at Scopes.
1: That's it. Excellent. Um, we have got a Locked On iRacing podcast on the side of one of the Scops cars as well. So that's what I'm pretty happy with. But um, Good to see. We'll, we'll work on 2023. We'll get a full team in there. But um, Sweet. Yes. We'll go from there. Anyway, thank you so much for your time, Mike. I will talk to you again soon. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other reasons to get you on in the, in the future. But uh, thanks for your time today.
0: So. Excellent. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having me on. Good luck, guys.
1: And thank you so much for that, Mike. Now, I'm not overselling this, am I, Braden and, and Alex? This is a huge story.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something that I wasn't probably expecting, especially not coming from the Scop series and, and the drivers and that. You know, I think a lot of us almost look up to those drivers in a sense and sort of go like, oh, wow, how can some of these guys be so good? And there are some legit guys who are just that good, but it seems like maybe not all is what it's always always seen for a few of them.
1: Yeah, so we've heard names. I'll say that right now. I'm not going to give out names of what we've heard because none of it's proved, nothing. Everyone's... iRacing's still looking into this, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not our place to, to, to go and, and talk about these things. But the actual matter itself... Now, we've had a huge discussion in our little chat uh, about... Not not the, the pros and cons of it, just, you know, how it comes about and all that kind of stuff. But Mikella. I, I know it's just a, it's a it's a bad thing to do. What was your first reactions when you when you heard about this whole cheating scandal? Uh
3: oh, I'm sad to say I'm not entire. I wasn't entirely surprised. So you you look you know we we have the the debate around game versus sim and all the rest of it. It's a piece of software uh and, and in all esports and games and and all the rest of it nothing is invulnerable. Um, my uncle, uh, when I was a kid, the one piece of salient advice that he gave me that has stuck with me through all these years, a lock only stops an honest person, okay? So you build this and the 99.x number of people are just going to live by it and play within the rules, but the the dishonest person will always seek whatever they can to get a competitive advantage. Um, And some of those... Will stretch beyond beyond the rules, so it's software combine that with human nature in a competitive environment i wasn't entirely surprised I'm not honestly that surprised at the method of either it made sense when it was sort of put out in when I sort of read and listened to to the stuff that was going on um i was I'm just sad to say i wasn't that surprised um, uh, I'm pleased to see that it's it's getting on, you know, people are getting on top of it. At iRacing, you've got the, the tools that they need to do that. Um, I'm actually more surprised that people weren't looking at this already uh, as a thing, um, to be honest, with you just knowing those two things, that it's software and human nature. Um, but, yeah, I'm still saddened by it. Um, and, um, yeah, hopefully it's something that uh, turns out to be just that small fraction of the population, Um uh, who, who have sought to go beyond the bounds of, of what the rest of us go into with good faith?
1: Yeah, I, I think already you've seen you've seen it, the reaction flow through to um, many streams or many many other series where, hey, that person's super quick. Are you using macros? Um, already being said. I know Braid did it to. to um, might see this tonight before he jumped in. It's a bit of a joke, but it is something that's sort of already sneaking in, and you're always you're sort of thinking, how is that guy so fast? But, look, you've just got to take it at face value. We, You know iRacing's working on it. They will have a – they will – this is serious. Like, this is big money around the world. And I know Porsche had a similar scandal probably about 12 months ago, a bit over 12 months ago. In, in their series, they ended up having to cancel races because um, people were found doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, so, it, yeah, look, it doesn't surprise me. It just surprises me the level of – um, where it's at and how much I guess the back look how, how much people were trying to defend it on social media like there was people that would like came out until Braden showed a, a post of the actual iRacing people saying that this is frowned upon oh not frowned upon this is against the terms of service kind of thing uh yes you can use macros but not in this method the people actually went oh okay so it is actually a bad thing I'm like no it's a bad thing from the start don't Try and get around it any other way. Um, I, I guess we've talked about it at length, but Brayden, is there any other things you want to talk about as far as, as far as that goes, or not?
2: No, not not really. I think Mike covered it, covered it pretty well, and you know the rest of the information's out there for people to sort of make their own judgments judgments by. I suppose one thing I kind of thought of, and I guess Alex kind of just kind of explained it as well, is just like in a sense, it's like oh, for people to go to those sort of links to do stuff, I guess sim racing means a lot to a lot of people and that's a good thing in a, in a sense you know if you want to try and put a positive spin on it at least there's people that care enough to go to that length um it goes to show that this means a lot to a lot of people and it's not just not just a joke and ha-ha, have a laugh kind of thing you know sim racing is a serious deal and you know people really really do want to win so you know there's a lot of people that care a lot about it and that, that's good for the future of sim racing in general hopefully they are able to do it all fairly <laughs> but um yeah, it was just, you know, in a sense, when you have it all broken down for you, you go, oh, yeah, that is pretty obvious thing to do. <laughs> like Alex <laughs> kind of said, but, you know, I'd never thought to do anything like that. You know, that's not on my list of things to, I'm worrying about trying to get around one corner, let alone trying to program something to help me get around the other 10. But, you know, when you have it broken down to you, you do kind of go, oh, well, that's obvious, but, you know, it also is kind of genius as well. So, yeah, it's not not great and hopefully we can clean it up and you know iRacing do whatever iRacing needs to do to to make sure but I guess this is one of the reasons why iRacing do hold a lot of their telemetry and stuff data close and keep it away from people because of these things. I know there's a conversation on the forums for a few months back about base shakers and people wanting to get more information to be able to use base shakers more effectively on their rigs. Um, but iRacing don't want to give out that tyre data because that can be easily manipulated into a traction control program for cars that don't have traction control and things like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll see. There's a lot more to come out of this and we'll obviously cover it when it does. But, um, yeah, let's move on to the, the Bathurst 12-hour quickly. Huge prize pool. Logitech coming on board is, is a massive thing. Um, biggest single race in, in uh, as far as cash prize in... Um, in history or Australian history, they're talking about. Um, Mike is very excited about that. I've seen the trophies as well. He showed me this, and that. just all of it looks top notch as far as um, what people can get out of it. Now, we're looking at a 50 car field around Bathurst for 12 hours 35 GT3s, 15 GT4s, teams of three to four, preferably three from what I understand. As especially as far as the minimum and max maximum lap requirements to go. Obviously, we're going to try and get a team together. Whether we qualify with such a big prize pool is another thing altogether. But you know, I, I just think that kind of commitment by Logitech is um, a really good thing for 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 the community and for for iRacing in general. Not much to say about it, except you're keen to race, Braden.
2: I was just going to say, yeah. Where are you, Logitech? Hit us up. What's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to get some names.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, it'd be great if we can get a car in there. It'd be definitely a challenge. But um, I'm enjoying driving lots of different cars at the moment. So let's add GT3s to it as well, I suppose.
1: Yep, definitely. McKellie, we're putting the top split team together.
3: I don't know. Um, to be honest, uh, I, I thought I could hear the enthusiasm in his voice and the excitement in, in Mike's voice around it. And, and congratulations to them for what they do um, and what they've done to this point and where they're heading because that's, that's super encouraging and, and really great for the community um, and amazing to hear how great an experience has been with working with Logitech as well. So um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Look, what do you guys reckon? I reckon um, prizes and money and stuff change the nature of things, and that's that's my personal experience from playing yep. a sport. Um, I I used to play uh, rugby uh, at a fairly high level, and uh, it got to a point where professionalism was just coming in, and I, I I had a career choice to make: do I push and see where I can get with this thing, or do I take a career? And I, I'm pretty risk adverse, so I took a, another career path um but i played a few games and and i got a few checks and i'll be honest with you i never cashed a check because when i was gr- growing up i i played for fun and enjoyment uh, and the money coming into it really changed it for me so i uh like I said, I never cashed a cheque and I, I kind of lost interest in the sport after that. And it's not the same for everyone. And it's just my personal view. I know, for example, I have friends who played soccer, and money's just a thing. And, and as part of soccer, I've got a few mates who play Premier League where I'm here in Canberra, and, and it's just. They just get paid to play, same AFL and 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 at most levels at rugby league as well. So, but for me, it really changed it. And I wonder. And I, I we're looking at that that series. that's not going ahead that year long endurance series. And I saw the money and stuff involved in that. And I just thought it just adds an edge and takes away from yeah. for 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 me where I do something for enjoyment, not to to get something out of it, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think- would be. Oh, sorry, I I, was just squeeze I I 100% wouldn't be doing the Bathurst 12 hour for the prize money, A, because I'm not going to get it, but B, because what they offer is something you can't get anywhere else, which is a race-controlled uh, safety car, properly done 24-hour endurance race. So. But yeah, Braden, what were you going to say?
2: I was just going to say, I think the good thing is that they haven't done, and it's still a prize pool, but they haven't done money as the prize pool necessarily. Like it's the... Um, Logitech gear and stuff like that, I think lessens maybe that real toxic nature of putting money on the line sometimes that you can get. Um, And also the fact that, you know, first, second, third, prizes are all the same. It's not like a, you know, first is better, second is, you know, not quite as good, those kind of things. I think sometimes that reduces it a little bit, but I do know what Alex is talking about, um, where, you know, when people see money on the line, all of a sudden, maybe they're... um, attitude and demeanor and things like that change and you know all of a sudden steep stations on the line sometimes it only needs to be 25 or 50 dollars, and you know yeah people can get really well, it, different
1: it makes people look at that shunt at the end of the chase a lot differently when cool i'm sitting in fourth and that person ahead's in third and all of a sudden i've missed out on it because some idiot uh has done the wrong thing where if it was no money involved it's like oh well, okay well i guess that's why that's <laughs> racing isn't it
3: but can I say, I don't want to take away from anything of what they're doing there, honestly. Um, I think the quality of what they do there is amazing, um, The what they've put together there and the fact that he says, you know, if, if you finish the race, you get your money back. So the whole money thing, to a large extent, I think is it's managed really well. Um, so, you know, it's just for me, yeah, I found hard. Like I, I, uh, it hard. there was a place that I used to race and um, one race they put on a, a prize. I don't... I, I didn't even think, I forgot about it. I won the race and then all of a sudden this stuff <laughs> arrived in the mail and I went, what's this for? Oh, you've this thing. I forgot. But that's just that's just me. My hobbies are my hobbies. My job is my job sort of thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Okay.
1: So from there, let's move on to the last little interview we've got for you, which is we got Ed Foster on to just preview what's happening with the ANSCAR this year. Um, obviously, Locked On is putting a team into the Cup Series. Uh, We did a bit of stuff with Thunder last year. We're actually, I can announce at the moment, we're we're sponsoring Locked On iRacing Podcast. We'll be sponsoring the Dover 150. So, of course, I ended up with Dover. Um, But we are doing that. So, for the Thunder series, I think it's about mid-April. So, uh, I didn't get my first couple of choices because we didn't finish high enough in the standings last year. But I did get um, Dover. So, that's pretty cool to announce Uh, to look out for that one, but we've got got Ed to talk about the future of ANSCAR. Uh, Spoilers, we will be working pretty close with ANSCAR with a few projects coming up soon, so hopefully that all comes to fruition, but take it away, Ed. And welcome, Ed Foster, back to the podcast. Fresh New Year, fresh Ed Foster, I love it. Mate, how you been?
5: Uh, Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I had a little bit of time off, which I think everybody was looking forward to at the end of uh, such a long season uh, last year. The time off's always welcome um so yeah yeah uh rested and ready to go i suppose
1: yeah definitely it's um it's a break many, many people need i'm enjoying not having to race at the moment just doing practice time I'm in so i can imagine you running a league would be um yeah enjoying it so i'm joined tonight by tim corn and Braden martin how are you guys doing
4: yeah good 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 uh ready for the new year that's
1: it. Uh, Braden's not racing over this year, but he's come on for expert analysis. So, Ed, talk to us about ANSCAR, mate. What's, what, what's happening in 2022 for ANSCAR?
5: Well, I mean, as far as, uh, as far as the series that we're running going, it's, uh, it's staying very much the same. People have sort of, I guess, come to expect uh, certain things from us as far as what we run. So we're going to have the full, full cup season again, starting out with the Clash. Uh, February, I believe that's February the 9th, uh, Clash at the Coliseum. And uh, that's going to be running the full NASCAR Cup season through the Daytona 500 and, and everything else, all the way through to the finish in Phoenix in early November. So, uh, yeah, full, full Cup Series for us. And uh, as well, we've got uh, the trucks that we run on Monday night, and we're going to have the, uh, the Thunder Series as well, which runs with the, the Xfinity cars. And uh, that runs on Wednesday nights as well. Uh, we're going to be sticking with our traditional short seasons for those, but there's also a little bit of a uh, little bit of a tweet coming for those, which we're going to announce in the uh, coming weeks.
1: Oh, excellent. can't wait for that. Uh, so talk to us a bit about the Cup series. That's obviously the big one. Um, any, any particular changes for that?
5: Well, the changes that are coming aren't really related so much to us ourselves, but they're related more to what NASCAR is doing in real life. Um, Of course, iRacing follows very closely what uh, NASCAR in real life does. And the big news around NASCAR at the moment is the introduction of the next-gen car. So the next-gen car is going to be the car that everyone's using for the Cup Series races. We're going to be no different. We're going to be running that car. And uh, it's a massive change. Uh, some commentators over in the States are calling it the biggest change in, in the history of the sport, uh, the direction that they've chosen to take with that uh, with that new car. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be very interesting, bit of a reset for everybody to, uh, to learn something completely new and figure out how to get the best out of that. So that's going to be the, the biggest change, I suppose, is everybody starting from scratch and figuring out the new car and how it races.
1: Sounds good. So, is there a spot for the old Cup car in an Anscar anymore? Or are we still doing Xfinity for Thunder? What's the deal with that one?
5: Um, so, yeah, the Xfinity car is still being used for Thunder, so that car's not changing. The truck isn't really changing that much. Um, so, the old Gen Six car has been retired, and we're going to be pushing forward with the Gen Seven.
1: Sweet. So, let, let's quickly finish up on the Cup. Uh, you mentioned the ninth of February. If people want to get into that, what do they got to do to to get into the Cup Series on the February the 9th?
5: Yeah, certainly. So the first thing to do is to look up the ANSCAR League on iRacing. So that'll have uh, their league info page there. It's got the the Discord there, which you can uh, which you need to need to jump into as well. And that there's just some application instructions in there. It's very very easy. All they've got to do is uh, check the list of numbers, pick one that's free, let us know what that is when they apply, and uh, and they're in.
1: Sweet uh, and you'll be dropping all that info on your Facebook page
5: yeah, certainly will, yeah, so we've got uh, we've got the season launch probably coming up in a week or so, uh, maybe two weeks away, depending on when we get everything together, and uh, there'll be uh, I guess a big announcement there which will detail absolutely everything and you know all our calendars and everything will be released at that point um, but yeah in terms of the actual format and everything it's it's going to be fairly close to uh, what everyone's become familiar with over the last uh, year and year or so.
2: Now for I those, know, sorry, to you know. for those looking to run the cup this year, is there any special requirements, licenses, or things like that?
5: Yeah, well, you need to be a uh, B license and above um, to do the cup. Um, so that'd be if it's an oval track, it's a B B oval. Um, if it's a road course, it's going to be a B B class of the road course. Uh, the Thunder Series is going to be a C class minimum, and the Truck Series is going to be a D class minimum. So. Um, so long as you make sure that you're above those. Um, that just, just mainly to make sure that people have done a bit of oval racing before, before they jump in, and uh, sort of understand what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, from that point, after they've uh, they've got those licences, then, yeah, they're absolutely clear to come in.
1: Uh, is there any dirt oval races this season? I haven't even looked at that.
5: Yeah, we're doing Bristol dirt again. Um, Real-life NASCAR is doing Bristol dirt again, so uh, we're obviously, obviously following on with that as well. Um, So we've got that uh, one race that comes up fairly early in the season, I think. I think it's around about uh, sort of April, May, that kind of area, just off the top of my head. So they've got that one dirt oval race in there as well, which is uh, always a little something different. Of course, the trucks are already sort of well-known for having a dirt race um, every so often as well. So they'll have a couple of dirt races as well in their calendar across the year.
1: Uh, Do you need a B dirt license, oval license for that one, I assume? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yes, you will. For the cup, yes, you will. I need to work on that then.
4: April 17th, that is.
1: Okay, so I've got to then to get a B licence on a road oval. Cool. Um, so give us a bit of a rundown quickly, the difference between the the Gen 6 and, and the next Gen 1s in your eyes.
4: Well,
5: it's, it's actually... There's been a lot of movement in uh, NASCAR in the last week, a uh, couple of weeks actually on that. So... They've introduced this car in much the same way as that uh, I guess most people in our part of the world will be familiar with the way the Gen 3 supercar has been introduced. So um, that project for NASCAR has been going on a little bit longer, so they're a little bit further down the track with it. And the original way that they are actually going was for a very high downforce um, sort, of, sort of layout for it. So... Uh, big spoilers, um, it's obviously got a few major changes. That, like NASCAR's always been quite old school with the way the cars have been made. So the car that we used up to last year had a live rear axle in it. Um, they only got rid of Carbys in sort of the early 2000s, sort of about 2010, something like that. Um, they started just started putting fuel injection on the cars. So they've always been quite old school. And these cars are are a big modernization. They've got the bigger wheels, low profile tires, bigger brakes. They've got a rear diffuser. It's a little bit V8 supercar as far as the, uh, they've now got a sequential box in place of the old four speed H pattern. And they've also got uh, the rear transaxle and all that type of stuff. So they're really bringing a whole lot of new tech to it. But, In the testing that they ran, they actually found out that there were some, I guess they got a few of them together and they've run them and they're a little bit not happy with the way the cars were sort of interacting with one another on the bigger tracks especially. And they've gone away from that sort of lower horsepower, higher downforce layout, and they've actually tested out a high horsepower, low downforce layout with them and actually found that to be far preferable. So um, that's what NASCAR have announced they're doing. They're going to be running 670 horsepower instead of 550, and they're going to be running a four-inch spoiler instead of a six-inch. So um, it's got to be a big change as far as the actual driving experience, off-throttle time and the turns, everything goes. Um, and it's going to really change the nature of the racing, sort of depending on, uh, certainly compared to what everybody thought it was going to be, what we're going to be looking at this year. So it's a, been a fairly welcome change amongst uh, amongst most of the established guys, I think, for sure.
1: Excellent. Sounds very interesting. So all the practice I've done is null and void. Can't wait.
5: Absolutely null and void, mate. Chuck it in the bin.
1: <laughs> Lucky I don't do much practice. Um, <laughs> so is there? Did did we get ahead with the teams sponsoring rounds? Is that something that's going ahead this year? I have got a message about that. I, I live on there. I don't know.
5: Yeah, Matt's uh, working through that. He wants to get a uh, for the Thunder series. He wants to get. Um, he's just basically put out an offer for. Any uh, teams or their associated sponsors or anything like that to actually sponsor a round of that series. Um, ah, so, cool. so yeah, they're, um, they're, they're he's sort of handling all of that. And uh, yeah, I think he's only got a couple of rounds uh, yet to be spoken for at the moment. So that's actually been quite a good uptake on that.
1: Yeah, definitely was a very good idea. I was extremely excited to see it, except for we finished so far down the order. I didn't get many choices, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> What, what do you expect for team-wise uh, for this year and, and how, how your chances looking?
5: looking? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's, a I guess, a little bit of uh, pressure on me to go for the 3 um in the, in the Cup Series. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as my team, Atari Autosport, we're completely the same uh, going into this year. Most of the teams, I think, uh, are fairly stable in terms of their lineups. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to sort of say that competition gets tougher every year, but it really, really does. <laughs> I mean, this was the toughest year so far leading on for the toughest year prior to that year 2020. So it gets, uh, it seems to get harder every year. So there are lots of guys there who, who um, certainly you'd say have a good chance. Um, the, the wonderful thing about the, the cup series and NASCAR and in general is the fact that generally speaking, you are shot with 10 to 15 guys who you think could be a, a, a reasonable chance to actually win the race. Um, So you don't really know where the winner's going to come from. So it's not just a case of covering off one or two fast guys and sort of paying attention to where they are. You're paying attention to 10 to 15 guys to see what they're all doing and and, uh, what you're going to do strategy-wise, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's going to be a very interesting and tough and exhausting year again, I think. Yeah,
1: definitely. Especially how long the season is. Tim, you got a question?
4: Yeah, I was just going to say this year will be even... Tougher, as we'll have a, t- a locked-on team in there, Ed. So watch out, and Wilco's ready to, to be bump drafting you all the way up um, in Daytona. He's already been practicing. Um, but um, what do you think? Like, how much time are you putting in, how, in, in you know, on a weekly basis during the season? To you know, you've been over these these um, tracks multiple times, but with this new car, how much time have you already spent in it, and what have you? What are you finding is the difference?
5: Nothing. I haven't spent any time (laughs) at all (laughs) simply because um, I believe that iRacing's version of the next gen car at the moment was going to actually get some significant amount of updating prior to the new year, even before they announced that horsepower downforce change. Um, I did feel that there was going to probably be a very big update coming for that car prior to the season. So, I didn't bother putting too much effort into practicing with that car at all um, over the off-season. I've enjoyed the time away, to be perfectly honest. And uh, once we actually get a bit of an idea and iRacing release that that update sort of close to the season, then we'll start looking at it um, because I think that any practice that I, was, I could have done leading up to it would probably end up getting thrown in the bin. So um, I've just enjoyed the time off.
1: Nice. Yeah, good. Got a lot of time off. Now... I've got one last question. Um, who's you pick besides yourself?
5: Oh, that's going to be... Uh, go on,
1: name names. Let's go. Okay. We'll look, go. if we'll
5: if, I, if, <laughs> no. I, if I had to... Uh, if I was a betting man and I wasn't allowed to pick myself, obviously, I would say that either Andrew Dyson or Hamish Gallagher are going to be the two to watch this year. That's my... No those are my thoughts. Target them, Tim.
1: Okay, well, we're on. Target them. <laughs> um brain you had any any final thoughts there any final questions
2: no just more if anyone's like on the on the fence about jumping in any of the series definitely give it a go i did a couple of races last year just for something different and they were thoroughly enjoyable and the racing was was good fun so if you're on the fence definitely um reach out to car and have a crack
1: are you doing any pre-qually eddie for car? if there um, is the numbers
5: it, so for normally you would just jump into to the race. So for the trucks or the uh, Thunder Series, you just jump in when the server opens, and it's all very easy. For the Cup, um, it's a little bit different. We run a practice and qualifying server prior, and then uh, there are a certain number of drivers that are actually locked in based on based on results. And then there are also a certain number of positions that are also open for people to qualify into. Um, so people will go out, they'll run that qualifying session in that server. And then that server will close. I'll sort out the grid. Who's made the cut? Who hasn't? And then we'll run the race from that separate server in the uh, for the cup series. So that's the way that the week to week races run. The Daytona Five Hundred is a little bit different to that again, um, whereas we have uh, we have like a qualifying uh, server that's up pretty much all day um, leading up to that race. And then we have the uh, the dual races, the qualifying races prior to that on the Saturday night and uh there are two splits there and it's basically an opportunity for people to race their way into that race and then the final grid will be set and we all go on sunday for that uh for the daytona 500 but that's the that's the only race we do in that manner
1: okay and when's the daytona 500 for you uh
5: the daytona 500 i've actually got it open here it is the uh 20th of february that the actual race takes place
1: Excellent. I think I, that was the date I picked or somewhere close to that. So uh, so a couple of rounds into the season. Cool. Any final questions, Tim, before we let him go?
4: Um, no, no. Look, I'd probably reiterate what Brayden said before. Um, I um, I jumped in um, ANS car last, last season you know, towards the end, but the, all the guys are, are, are great guys to um, race with and, and there's a lot of respect on the track. But, um, you know, it's very different racing to road and obviously there's always... Um, jokes made around you know turning left but the mm-hmm. racing is close it, it's there's a fair bit involved with it and uh what i do love about anscar but obviously oval racing is for me there's a hell of a lot more strategy in it which i think is enjoyable um compared to road racing so um yeah if anyone's thinking about it all you know put their dip their t- toes in the water before definitely you know jump into it
1: definitely do that and check out the anscar facebook page and Every other place you can find their stuff for all the big announcements over the coming weeks before the season launches in just under a month's time now. Thank you so much time for your time, Ed, and uh, look forward to you going back to work in next week. Good luck with that.
5: Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And uh, just for everyone out there as well, we've actually just launched a uh, website as well. We're just putting finishing touches on that, so that's going to be anscar.com. Um, so you'll be able to find just about everything there. It's still in sort of early stages at the moment, but we're working on that, building on that all the time. And uh, hopefully by the time the season starts, it's all you know got quite a lot of content on there for people to uh, check out as well. So uh, give that one a look.
1: Yep, definitely do. Thanks for your time, Ed. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for that, Ed. Uh, just quickly before I get these two thoughts, there won't be much to say on this, but we have got a, a couple other series um organisers lined up for the next couple of weeks, so you'll be hearing from a few of them over the next couple of weeks on on what they've got lined up for the year as well. So look forward to that. But uh Braden, you're in the interview, so there's not really much to say. Oh, sorry, um, but... I was just about to
2: sneeze. <laughs> um That's I was just gonna say, you know, one thing with Anscar. I really enjoyed the couple of rounds I did last last week last year. I think I sort of mentioned that in the interview, but um, if I don't do Skippies on Thursday, that's one thing I'll definitely be looking forward to tuning into is watching you and Tim go around um, in the ANSCAR series because I really enjoyed watching your streams from the Thunder series last year. It was really enjoyable. So,
1: yeah. yeah, oh, Cool. And, Michaela, obviously not much else to add except for you're going to give up Skippies and watch my streams as well.
3: <laughs> Mate, I did watch a lot of your streams last time. I enjoyed them. But um, all I can say is no one does uh, oval racing down under than better than ANSCAR, honestly. They put on a great... They do a great thing.
1: Yep, definitely. Keep an eye out for that and where you'll be able to find that fairly soon. Hopefully, we we'll get some news on that in the future. Uh, let's move into the results section of the podcast. Remember, com slash Discord is the place to get into our Discord and have a chat about all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we do chat a lot of stuff team-wise in the background, but we've definitely got the Rubin is Racing, Rubbin's son is Racing channel, which all the racing stuff happens. We've got a basketball channel. We've got a not basketball channel. Uh, we've also got our AFK channel and a, and a few other meet places that you can show off your meet if you're into that kind of stuff as well. So uh, check in there. But let's get into these results. Uh, we don't have a huge amount to cover this week. Obviously, we've got uh, SNL results, though. So round one of the season, one million five hundred and something or other, with a massive strength of field. Take it away, Alex McKellar.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Season 26 kicked off at Bell Isle. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it looked great to see some familiar names in there and, and they really put on a great show. So qualifying kicked off as qualifying has done uh, a little bit in the past couple of seasons. Now you're Nagai. Nagai's son dropped it on pole by uh, nearly two and a half tenths ahead of Christian Perez. Now uh, I know Christian's been trying to figure out how Nagai gets it done and I've watched some of Nagai's laps in quali. He's not doing anything special that I can tell, but his one lap pace is just remarkable. Like his first lap uh, was as good as Christian's second lap. So uh, he's doing something and he's doing it very well. Uh, anyway Nagai and Perez on the front row followed by Team Torpedoes Jones and, and Vasco Sorovsky made a triumphant return or to Quali at least starting in P4 uh, leading the ANZ charge this season big shout out to Vasco the weeks in the weeks that we were off there was a 4900 strength of field he got a podium finish uh last week so um you know he's going great guns and he's a great guy as well so he started on um Uh, on the second row in P4, returning champion, uh, Julian Ofray started out at P6. Uh, the other ANZ uh, drivers in the field, Sam Devantia, the cowboy, was back. Hadn't seen him since that momentous race and the unfortunate outcome at uh, Laguna Seca last season. But he put in the yards and he was back in. Only managed to qualify 10th, which surprised me, if I'm honest, because he had good pace towards the end of the week. Uh, Russell Clark, Team Milo boss man, was in there. He qualified 15th. Wow. And Mitch- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, uh, and Mitchell Nichols, the other ANZ driver in the field, didn't manage to put in a time all the way back in 20th, uh, started last full grid for the night, which was great. So the race kicked off. There were a few key moments early on. Um, realistically, uh, the, the big moment in the race because we did see the likes of Daniel O'Tuga, who's an incredibly quick Scandinavian driver, he quali- he didn't set a time either and was starting way at the back. Uh, we saw uh, Takumi Yamato come back from F3s this season uh, and uh, who else? Fraser Smith was the name to watch for me this season. He's he's made a commitment to come back. Very fast UK driver uh, and he was back in there as well. Unfortunately, though, a number of those drivers were caught up caught up in early incidents. So uh, Sam Devantia, the cowboy, uh, unfortunately uh, outbraked himself into turn two. Uh, early in the race and that took out a number of folks he just locked it up and and a few were caught up in that to somewhat a comical degree when you look at some of the replays going on but Fraser Smith and Russell Clark were both caught up in that uh, surprisingly Daniel Otuga who started 16th managed to pick his way through and, and drove remarkably to finish where he did in the end. The second big moment early on in the race was actually on lap one coming into the braking zone at turn seven at the end of the back straight and uh, Takumi Yamato who's been racing F3s all season, great to see him back but unfortunately he outbraked himself into there and ran into the rear of uh, returning champion uh, Julian O'Fray. So he got turned and got back on there and drove a pretty dusty car uh for the rest of the race um however coming to the the business end um the breakaway of the front five was evident it was uh nagai jones perez jeffrey decker who's a u.s guy um who we he's very quick um and he was up at two fifteen a.m in the morning to race with us which is pretty impressive uh and soroski they were battling it out there was a pack of five and then um Vasco had had trouble at a turn six onto the back straight all week uh, in his own words, and um, Decker was able to slip by, but by then the likes of Nagai, Jones, and Perez were away. Um, Perez took the lead early on at turn three on lap one and was really in control of the race. Nagai did have a, a look here and there. Uh, particularly in the latter stages of the race. And meanwhile, Jones was sitting on the back there, really searching for an opportunity in the last couple of laps. That opportunity did present itself. Perez, on the last lap, chose to go to the outside um, in his defence of the lead into the heavy braking zone and turn three, which is the primary passing opportunity on the track. He went to, in difference to every other lap where they'd sort of gone side by side from there, he defended going around the outside. He went to cross over and do the over-under and that caught out Jones behind him, who was also looking to sort of take advantage of what came up and they, they came together. Uh, unfortunately, that took Perez out. Jones redressed, but uh, Perez didn't have much left after that and that left uh, Nagai out in front honestly, to go on and take out his first win of the season. So maximum points for Nagai, the pole and the race win sees him out in front initially. Jones for Team Torpedo finished second in an outstanding drive. He's had a terrible run of luck in SNL historically, so it was fantastic to see him get a great result. Christian Perez, who I spoke to during the week, and as I said, he's out to win SNL this season. Uh, It's probably one of the few championships in the skippies he hasn't won, a former 2K Cup winner, of course. Um, and he's looking to take out this one. So not too bad a start, but I, I know he would have been a bit disappointed and he he came up for an interview after the race uh, and he, I know he'll give me more when he wins, put it that way. So uh, Jeffrey Decker, hung on, hang on for fourth. It was great to see uh, Decker out there and Vasco Sorovsky, the leading Australian uh, driver, the leading ANZ driver with a top five finish. Uh, I know he wants more than that and I know he wants to push for a podium this season. I can see it. I can feel it in my waters. Um, other notable finishes, Daniel Otuga started 16th, up 10 positions into six. Fantastic drive, picking his way through the field. And the incidents, Julian O'Frey, returning champion, finished 7th, not the start he was looking for. Um, the ANZ drivers in the field that remained were Mitchell Nichols, started 20th. Um, he finished ninth inside the points, which is a great drive uh Sam Devant here after the earlier coming unstuck finished just outside the points in 13th. Hopefully you do see sam back he 's he 's a really good up and coming driver uh with some good pace in the skip, so just hope he we see him back that doesn 't put him off uh, and of course Russell Clark. Uh, after driving without front and rear wings for most of the race, I think. Uh, He's all the way down in 17th. Quickly diving to the second split, which is where some of our regulars appeared. Ryan Portelli, the ANZ driver, who's become somewhat of a regular on a Sunday night. He's taken out the second split. Jeremy Bush, well known to us here, of course. He's got a podium in third. Nathan Verney, similarly, uh, in fourth. And Paul Wilson, another SNL regular, in fifth. Just scanning out of the name. Ken Hyams, great to see the great man back. He finished in the points in 11th. Uh, Jason Wilman in 17th. And good old Mark Jeffrey back for another season, uh, unfortunately, down in 19th. If we turn to the standings overall after one round, now in a guy, of course, maximum points sitting in first. Anthony Jones in second. Christian Perez in third. Uh, the ANZ drivers in the top 20 at the moment. Swarovski uh in fifth ryan portelli in seventh mitchell nichols in 11th jeremy bush starts the season in 12th nathan verney in 14th paul wilson in 16th and i think that about covers it gents it was a great night out uh really good uh, race to start the season looking forward to uh the weeks to come red bull ring this week that'll be great great viewing
1: Ooh, can't wait! Red Bull Ring is a very exciting track, and I need to start driving up the V8 because that's my first race of the season uh, there too. So, uh, looking forward to to more stuff. Sounds like a really, really good start to the season, and great to hear Perez is wanting to uh, take it a serious look at it this year. So, can't wait for that. So we move from there onto Aussie Car TCR, which we frantically, while you were doing that, trying to get access to the spreadsheet so we could give you the full list of the results. Uh, I don't have access. I've got to request access. But Braden, take it away. What happened in the Pro-Am section of Aussie Car Turbo Touring Cars? Is that what the series is actually called? I keep calling them CCR.
2: That's the one, yeah, Turbo Touring Cars.
1: Uh, So
2: um, we'll go through it pretty quick. Obviously, we had a bit of a talk about our race. So uh, race one in the Pro-Am saw Parry Anastakis take the win from his teammate Cameron Stubber. Max Donnelly, uh, P3, getting the last podium spot and up 15 places, which was pretty impressive. Theo Taylor, Jeremy Bush, Greg Holmes, Neil McKenzie, Brody Shepard, Moroz, and James Blevins rounded out your top 10. Your big movers were Calm Heinrich up 15 places and Max Donnelly up 15 places, with Craig Kermit up 12 and Brody Cook up 10 spots. Uh, race 2 obviously saw the top 10 inverted for that race um, and Was saw... that
1: Brody Cook? Milo Brody Cook? I didn't even realize he was racing. There you go. Well done. He
2: didn't have a Milo livery on, I'm pretty sure. I so think
3: No, no, 71. he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's I would definitely be that racing on. too. To be <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
2: race 2 saw James Blavins take the win after starting on pole with the reverse top 10 from Theo Taylor. And Jeremy Bush locked on Black Sheep Racing's very own, taking the final podium spot. From Max Donnelly, Lachlan Lawler, uh, Moz Moroz, David Leslie, Brody Cook, Neil McKenzie, and Parry Anas, No, Greg Holmes, rather, rounding out your top 10. Your big movers, Lachlan Lawler, up 23 spots. Uh, Joshua Barry, up 15. Dale Jeffries, up 13, and... Oh, sorry. Anthony Connor's up thirteen, and Dale Jeffries up eleven. So, a really good job there. Um, that leaves us with the standings for the championship at the moment. Uh, Theo Taylor currently leading from Max Donnelly by two points, and then tied for third is Jeremy Bush and Perry Anastakis, uh, a further four points behind. So, pretty tight at the top. And Theo Taylor's also. Uh, winning the road to 2k from Max Donnelly and Parry Anastackus and Jeremy Bush, so all
3: road to 2k <laughs>
2: drivers leading the actual championship as well. So maybe for the amateur series, they might have to have a road to 1500 Fine. or something. <laughs> so, pretty, pretty impressive stuff there. We'll leave the teams because you can have teammates across um across splits. So, we'll head over to the pro split now, which saw uh. Jordan Ross rather take the win in race one from Jack Boyd and Andrew Dyson uh, rounding out your podium spots Tom Freer Aaron Oliver Thomas Hins Kobe Williams Ryan O'Sullivan Sebastian Flock and Ray uh, Lee Harrison uh, made your top 10 the big movers in the field were up 18 spots Daniel Yeaman uh, up 13 spots Lewis Tollin up 12 spots Uh, Andrew Hobby, and they were your main big movers, up nine spots, both Reese Gardner and Nathan Norman. Uh, Heading into race two, of course, with the reverse top 10, uh, saw Jordan Ross go from 10th to first to go back to back um, in the first round at Phillip Island, from Jack Boyd, who came second uh, once again, and Tom Freer managing to get himself the final podium spot Ryan O'Sullivan, Simon Mazomo, Alex John, Aaron Oliver, Sebastian Flock, Ryan Jones and myself, Brad Martin, rounded out the top 10. There were some big movers in this race uh, throughout the field. The biggest of which was Simon Mazomo who was up 31 spots from P36 to P5, <laughs> which is super impressive. Uh, Alex McKellar, our very own, up 28 spots from 41 to 13. And just behind him, Mitch Dean. Up 26 spots, 40 up to 14, and uh, Jaden Edmonds up 22 spots, 37 up to 15. Tom Wilkinson up 20 spots, 38 up to 18. And Ben Snell up the 17 spots, 33 up to 16. And finally, a shout out to Wayne Losh up 16 spots, 39 up to 23. So Some really big movers throughout the field, and including Jordan Ross, who went up nine spots to to win the race from 10th. So um, pretty impressive stuff. The uh, series leader, obviously Jordan Ross, with his back-to-back wins, goes to the top of the table, two points clear of Jack Boyd and Tom Freer on the final podium spot. Ryan O'Sullivan, Aaron Oliver, Alex John, Sebastian Flock, Kobe Williams, myself, Braden Martin, and Nathan Norman rounding out your top 10. Uh, We don't have any road to 2K points there because I don't think there is one for pro split. Um, That leaves us with the team's championship, which is a little bit all over the place at the moment due to it being spread across a couple of spreadsheets. So we're still trying to work it out uh, perfectly. But if I just have a look into the Aussie card discord real quick, I think I should be able to get a pretty close version of it. I think it's Callum Murray Racing first place from Locked On Black Sheep Racing, Extreme Racing uh, in third, Double J Rate Motorsport, Boyd Racing, Drop Bear Motorsport, Top Split Racing, Palmers Australia Racing, Downship Racing, and Tech One Sim Sport. Round out your top 10 in the teams. I think we we'll have to get the spreadsheet uh, working a little bit nicer for those teams' championships.
1: Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, obviously, locked on sitting in there in second is really good effort. Well done to Jeremy and Leon. Um, I know they're super proud of that, and they want the series to be over right now so they can move on. Uh, but Leon, shout out to him. He had a, had a had a bad not. He was not happy with his starts or with the first couple of his races, but definitely soldiered on really well to um to finish where he did. So well done. Uh, that is. All the results we have at the moment, like I said, hopefully we're going to be working on bringing you more results, uh, pre-recorded results in the near future. We are making some some work on that. Uh, we've got a few other things in the works as well. Um, I'm doing up currently a thing where you might be able to watch part of the podcast being recorded live, uh, but we'll see how that goes. We've also got two new hosts that we'll bring to you as well. Uh, the young and amazing AJ will be joining us on a... Uh, Rand, not a random basis, but he will, will be a, a rotating host. And we've also got Tim Korn joining us as a rotating host as well. Uh, we've got a few other people trying to maybe think about working in the background. We've got some other big stuff happening in the background, which I'm not going to say a word about until it is done. Um, but, yeah, look forward to another massive year of twenty in 2022 for, for iRacing in general, but also Locked On Lads content. So whether it's Locked On iRacing, Locked On Racing... Uh, or anything else we're going to be doing. It's a lot of stuff planned and a lot of stuff happening. So um, if you are keen to get on board and help out in whatever way, shape or form, hit me up, uh, hit us up on us at lockedonlads.com.au, just .com. Um, and also on the Facebook page, Locked On Lads, or if you do want to hit me up in Discord, just join our Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord and send me a message in there as well. Uh let's start with you, McKellar. Where can people find you and what is your plan for next week?
3: Uh, next week, do, I've already done some Red Bull in the skips, so uh, I'm turning my attention now to Knockhill Hill for Aussie Car, uh, and then from there, try to do something with the TCRs, see if I can uh, get a handle on next week's I track.
1: 52 seconds is the benchmark for Knockhill Hill and the Skippy. so good luck. 52
3: yeah, mm, What were they writing? Like no, nah, I've got no idea. Yeah. On <laughs> nah, nah, nah. 50, I, I'm in the 55s. Russell records he's done a 54.9, but it, I <laughs> mean track, track conditions. Who, who knows what's going on there. It'll be fun though. It's an interesting track. Um, so there's that, uh, the TCRs, uh, and then getting ready for next week in terms of the racing. But for, in terms of where you can see stuff, uh, Top Split TV on Twitch is where we do the SNL broadcast live each Sunday night, 9.15pm Australian Eastern Time GMT plus 11 at the moment Um, the top split on YouTube is where you'll find the race results, you'll also find some of my race uploads and and it's been a bit of fun uh, sort of analyzing post-race and there's a couple of good ones that'll be up there this week uh, and then the other thing I'll be doing is the, is the lap guides uh, with Christian Perez over at Infinite Racing Services just search for them on YouTube to see their those lap guides or look them up on the web they're doing a whole um, Spanish speaking style VRS thing although they're working on their English content as well but uh, for now that's that's all the places you'll find me
1: Sweet. Braden, mate, where, what are your plans and where can people find you?
2: Yeah, um, if I stream any
1: races, it'll be over
2: on twitch.tv slash the1dwade. Um, I've chucked a few race videos up here and there over the break, which was um, a bit of fun, something different. Um, I think that's YouTube, uh, the one Wade as well, and probably watching some Ashes Cricket over the next week or so. Uh, disappointingly, couldn't quite get that last wicket the other day, but um, <laughs> if you want to talk about anything like that, uh hit me up on twitter at braden talks
1: sweet uh you'll find me on all the locked on lads content uh lockedonlads.com is the website which will be going under a renovation over the next 3 to 4 months and I'll get that sorted out and make it look a bit different but locked on lads on facebook uh if I've got something up most days at the moment again uh if it's just a pretty picture that I've been taking uh that's it otherwise uh little bits of news and info that we we do get as well Locked On Lads on Twitch has not been active for a while it will be coming back like I said, you you may find a version of the podcast live at some stage on there, otherwise when I start racing again, proper racing, you'll start seeing uh, streams up on there, we may put some few practice ones up in the near future, Uh, but that's where you get that stuff, Locked On Lads YT is uh, our YouTube channel Uh, you will have some Content hopefully coming up there fairly soon as well, but we'll see time permitted. Like I said, locked on those dot com slash discord is the Discord where all the cool stuff happens, and that's where you really really want to be. But keep an eye out if you are enjoying this podcast, give it a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice. I think you can do it on Spotify now as well, which is really cool. uh If you can share it with your friends, that's really cool. If you can share it in your leagues, um, if you've got anyone who might be interested in giving us news or results or stuff like that in in leagues that you're in, hit them up, harass them, get them to come on the podcast. We, we, we've got a way to do it now. Uh, You can just record a quick, you know, three, four, five minute thing each week and drop it to us or each fortnight, whatever you want to do round up once a month, whatever you want to do, let us know. Um, We're happy to promote your league and your results. It'd be really cool fun. So let's get this thing growing and, bigger and better and and we've got more stuff to come once we start growing that side bigger and better but thank you Mikella, and thank you Braden, for another really good week and we'll catch you all next week see ya bye for now